This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's good, baby? It's Damian Barling, one half of D-Lo KC, and thank you so much for downloading the podcast here. We really appreciate it, and hopefully you're a subscriber of the podcast. That way you get every single episode, every single day, every single interview, every single clip, every single bit of King's News delivered right here to your mobile device. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Stitcher or the Odyssey app. You'll get every single episode delivered right here to your mobile device. And if you're using one of the platforms that allow you to rate and review the show, please do, particularly on Apple Podcasts, as I know that's where most of you are listening from. If you could hit the five-star review, if you think we're worth it, it only takes a split second. And if you could leave a review, that would be great as well. The review's cool. Again, it only takes a couple of seconds to do that, but it literally takes just a split second to hit that five-star button, man. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Enjoy the show. Trent Chase Young, we in the tunnel. I said, Father, I'm sorry. Hey, man. Hey, man, let me talk, man. Let me talk. 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 Let me rock. Let me rock. Let me rock. Hey, first and foremost, first and foremost, I just want to give a shout out to the San Francisco 49ers. 
<laughs> I got to give a shout-out to the 49ers. These boys going back to the Super Bowl, doing what they do. We laid this out in July. We laid this out in July. We said, yo, they they got to got to I said they got to win. But you could have a conversation to say they at least got to get there. You know, we had T.C. firing the man in July. You know, they, they had to trade Trey Lance. Shout, shout out Trey Lance, man. Much love to the brother, man. And he, he, he liked one of the photos on Instagram, man. Shout out to that boy, Trey Lance. Man. I, I got love to that boy, man. We got to get him out of Dallas, man. We got to get him. Because that ain't going to happen there. That ain't going to happen there. So we got to get him out of there, man. But we talked about this in July. And I said, yo, yo they got the best team in the NFL. They got the best team. They got to get it done. It ain't ever going to happen any other way, any other time. Now, and lo and behold, come hell or high water, on January 29th, look what we going, baby. We going to the bowl. We going to the bowl, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I got a lot to say. We all know that. But look, man, I'm going to let my man. I'm not selfish. I'm going to let my man rock. D-Lo, man, let him know what time it is. Okay. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I do that, though, hold on. That just reminded me. Before I do that, yo, that man 13 is a playmaker. That man 13 is a playmaker. And I need you guys to respect him as such. Aldridge in here. Give Keith, give that boy his flowers. Give him his flowers. Purdy is a playmaker. And I mean no disrespect even though he is a cowboy. I mean, no, no disrespect to my boy, Michael Irvin. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's the playmaker. I don't mean no disrespect. But 13's a playmaker. He's a play. All this stuff we heard all week, man. man come on, man. Hey, man. Come on. They got me. All this stuff we heard all week. We talk about elevating teammates. You guys going to make me say something crazy about Lamar? You know I love Lamar. But we talking about elevating teammates? Ryan Clark, did that man yesterday look like he elevated the whole damn nation, a whole empire? That's what he elevated. Put some respect on his name. And I'm going to say that the right way because you know who riding with us now. You know who riding with us. Shout out to Stunner. We do this for Miss Gladys. Birdman in the building. He riding with us. So I'm going to say it the right way. Put some respect on his name. You understand me? Put some respect on his name. Brock Purdy, playmaker, franchise quarterback. Damien, Damien, Jesse, y'all tell me. Y'all tell me. I don't remember the date, but it was sometime in December last year. Who gave it to you first? Who told you first? Who said, yo, I saw something last night when I was watching that game, Niners in Seattle. I saw something last night. I saw, hey, what did, he, what did he give us? Somebody, Damien, tell me, what did he give us? Tat-tat. He gave us, tat-tat. And I said, yo, 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 Stewie, he got something, man. He got something. I ain't even going to lie to you. He got something. This guy's, a, this guy's a playmaker. He's a leader. He's a leader. He's got an it factor. Put some respect on his name. You understand me? Uptown, Third Wall, Magnolia, you know what it is. That's all I got to say right now. Be honest with you. We got four hours, but that's all I really got to say. Okay. Well, 
I'm Damien Broiling. No, no, hold on. Cut that out. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Because I just remembered something else. I just remembered something else. Where is Gardner Johnson at? Where that man at? He was out there waving to the crowd. It was 21-7, whatever the case may be. And let's not forget. Let's, <laughs> oh, he went, hope we forgot. Let's not forget all the nonsense he was spewing earlier this year about number 19. Number 19, I talked about playmakers when I talked about Brock Purdy. But number 19, Debo Samuel, no S. Don't play with him. Don't play with him. Don't play with him. And like he said, like he said on, on Twitter, somebody check on little bruh. <laughs> somebody check on little bruh. <laughs> Don't play with Debo. Debo came back, eight catches, 89 yards, led the team in receptions. He a dog. He a dog, man. He a dog. He a dog. So, Gardner Johnson, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth when you talk about the greats. Watch your mouth when you talk about the NFC champions. Don't wait. Not, now, I ain't even going to stop you because I remember something else. I'm not done. And I need to stand up for this because they need to see me. me. They need to see me. <laughs> Job Holes, where you at? <laughs> Ramsey, where you at? Y'all thought, look, I saw everything that was going on in the first half. All them tweets. All them tweets. Well, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Because really, what was I supposed to say? They was getting slapped. What was I supposed to say? But the bookmark. <laughs> the bookmark was there. And all y'all people that have been talking crazy all year about the Niners, I told y'all two weeks ago, don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. Because if this happens... Oh, y'all ain't going to hear the end of me. Y'all ain't going to hear the end of me, baby. Niners is going to the bowl. And all you all you Raider fans, all you Seahawks fans, all you Cowboys fans, uh, who, are, who am I forgetting? <laughs> How could I forget? How could I forget you Eagles fans? Hey, this, hey, this would have been a Super Bowl rematch if Brock didn't get hurt. This would have been a Super Bowl rematch. Y'all would y'all y'all bums wouldn't even been in there last year if Brock didn't get hurt. We would have liked we would have lit y'all up last year. This would have been a Super Bowl rematch. Back to back. So you Raiders, Eagles, Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, Rams, Rams. I, you know I don't like to do it. They're gonna be catching strays because I love them, but they have people talking crazy. Ravens fans. <laughs> Two words for you. <laughs> Acknowledge me. Oh man, all right, man. I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm done. We, I got four hours, man. We gonna be talking all day. I'm done for real, for real, for real, for real, for real. For real. We do this for Miss Gladys, boy. <laughs> we do this for Miss Gladys, boy. What are us to lose? They don't going to lose. <laughs> hey, hey, we smacked the Lions up yesterday. <laughs> we beat them boys down. Beat them into, submi- into submission. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, I'm done now. For real, for real, I'm for real, I'm done. Go ahead, do, do your thing. I ain't going to interrupt you, I promise. I promise. <laughs>
All right. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll just think about the haters, bro. I promise. I'll just think about they would, and they wanted so bad. They wanted so bad to get into this chat, to call into this the studio today, and talk about how the Niners lost, how Brock's a fraud, how Kyle need to be fired. They wanted it to happen so bad, and guess what? It can't happen. <laughs> it can't happen because we won. <laughs> it can't happen because we won. <laughs> All right. All right, man, for real. I'm done. I'm telling you, every time I think, every time I say that, I think about something else, and that's why I keep talking. But I'm just, I'm all right. I got This is a two man show. This is a three man show. I gotta let my other people rock, man. There's a lot that went on. <laughs> we won. <laughs> we won. <laughs> oh man, good times. Good times. I'm done for real. I ain't going to interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. I'm great. We got a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We do. All of us. Hey, why don't we just go to break? <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean to take up the whole time. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. But I was just saying there was just things going through my head like all night. Like it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I still got tweets I gotta get out. <laughs> oh man. Steelo and Casey brought to you by Sky River <laughs> Casino on ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We back in here. Shake on these fools today, boy. I'm shake. <laughs> so let's 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 talk a little bit. Let's 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 talk. Let's let's talk. talk. Uh, we'll get to the Kings, their three-game winning streak. Uh, where they're at, of course. 
<laughs> it's just, it's, just it, a whole new hey, team. But we 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 talked about this last week. You know, them them vibes felt different after the Warriors game, and uh, them vibes in the Warriors locker room a little bit different after another one point loss. But mm. you know, we'll we'll get to all of that stuff later. Let's look. It's 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 twelve fifteen the next day. Everyone has heard about the game, and mm. and of course we'll 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 talk about it. I think what people are here for, there's over 500 people watching, and, and thank all of you and God knows how many people listening on the radio and the Odyssey app. But when you get to this kind of time of day, especially when people know what a diehard 49ers fan you are and how important this season was to you, I think people are more interested in what was the experience for you. We'll, we'll, get, to the, we'll get to how it turned around in the second half and, 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 and everything that went on, and of course we'll, we'll take our first look ahead to this Super Bowl 54 rematch? Yes. And yes. you know, we'll we'll do all of that. Of course, we'll we'll talk a little, you know, L- L- Lamar in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and all of that. But it was it was a rough first half and it felt like everything went right for one team and everything went wrong for the other. Uh, what was walk walk us through the first half a little bit leading well, up to halftime. I mean, going into the game, you know, I was I was obviously hyped. Like I was so hyped, I just started cleaning the house when mm-hmm. I woke up. I was like, I, I don't even know what to do with myself mm-hmm. right now. Nervous let energy. Be, let me be productive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because sitting around like watching TV, waiting for something to happen, like waiting for the games to happen, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't gonna work. Like I had to go do something, so I cleaned the house. Um, and then you know, people on Twitter they saw the video. You know, I got hyped after I saw. You know, uh, Debo and them, and they did the story on them in the tunnel. So I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready to go, and I, I, I respected, still do. I respected the the Lions as a team. It's a really good team. I was like, man, they not coming into San Francisco and beating the Niners in this situation. It's just not happening. Like they're good. Niners aren't unbeatable, but I don't think the Lions got what it takes to do it. And they beat the brakes off the 49ers in the first half. Mm-hmm. They beat the brakes off of them. I couldn't believe it. Damn it, I could not believe it. I was sitting there on the couch, like, I can't believe Like, if you're going to lose, like, that's understand. They're not an, the Niners aren't an unbeatable team. Never in my wildest dreams did I think they would be getting dominated the way they did in the first half. When they, when they ran the third and 15 for a first down, I got up, I went into the other room. Mm-hmm. My baby was there, my mom was there, my wife was there. And I, and aside from just like yelling and cursing, I just got up and walked to the, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Mm. Before the half, before the half, I went to the backyard, I started shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I said, this is, this is beyond me. I can't believe what's going on. And, and I watched the game. And especially in that first half, and I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, man, they getting stomped out. And I was like, I think they'll figure some things out on offense. And all, but I was like, what does it really matter? Because they can't stop these guys. It don't matter if Brock plays better or they figure things out on on offense or whatever. Because they can't stop them. I was sitting there like they cannot stop these guys. I cannot believe it. They're running for it felt like seven yards a pop. Yeah. Anytime they needed to pass, St. Brown across the middle, mm-hmm. wide open. I, I couldn't believe. Picked them apart. I could not believe what I was watching, and I, I mean, I sat there and I was like, "All right, let me, 
let me. There's always a part of me that's like, what if something special happens, right? Um, Niners got the ball. Like, let's see what they do with the first possession. So I wasn't like a hundred percent out, mm-hmm. but I was as close as you could get to being a hundred percent out. I thought it was pretty much over. So I'm far more invested in this than I care to be, and I hate it. It's a horrible <laughs> feeling. I do not like it but I was rooting pretty hard for the San Francisco 49ers, and I've been been clear about that. Two, two reasons. The main reason is you. I, I want them to win this for you and, 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 and you know Kyle and the rest of the 49ers fans, but I, I want them to win this for you, uh, which is a lie because really winning for you <laughs> means it's for me. Like, that's, like I know how happy you're going to be for the next two weeks leading into that game, and if you're not happy about football after the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter because football's over. I don't care. I needed them to get there, and they got there. But the person I was watching with is also a very, very big 49ers fan. Mm. And I found myself getting like more anxious and more rooted in this. But I also I, I, I went through a range of emotions in a real quick spurt. You said third and fifteen. There was a there was a third and twelve run play. I thought it was third and twelve. Yeah, I think it was third and twelve. Okay, run. the third yeah. and twelve run play. That's I thought, when I walked out of the room. God, man. That's what <laughs> That's we're doing. That's when I walked out of the so room. So you may not have seen the third and eighteen that was picked up across the middle shortly thereafter. Right, yeah. And so at no point, at all, I kept thinking was stop them. You're getting the ball. Just stop them. Stop them. Stop them. When they picked up the third and eighteen, I thought, well, okay. What happens over the next couple minutes could determine whether this game is over or not. And when they showed the sideline shot a few plays later, when they showed the sideline shot of Dan Campbell, and I'm not questioning this decision whatsoever, Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people are questioning Dan Campbell on a variety of things he did yesterday. Understandably so. But the decision to take three, it's like you put points on the board. Like, I understand. It's a three-score game. Like, I understand that. Part of me thought, And then, like he, you can see him, and he's kind of pacing, and he and he's field goal, field goal, like you see him, just like like he wasn't sure, Mm -hmm. and that's why you saw that field goal. We're going for a field goal. Mm -hmm. Take the points. Like you could see him, just like Mm -hmm. think that. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, that's not the worst thing. And the 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 field goal is what me think. Okay, this game's not over. They get the ball first, and I said out loud, this whole game could ride on the next two possessions Mm -hmm. the first one for the 49ers and the first one's for Detroit the 49ers one didn't go the way you you would hope but you got points out of it that in in the end obviously that's all that mattered you got points out of it and it became a well it doesn't really matter if you don't get a stop Mm -hmm. like because they haven't been able to stop them at all when they got the stop and then you know what happened next was insane with the two IU plays mainly the the 51 yarder, but that was kind of the, they got to stop. You have to get in the end zone. Mm -hmm. You can't kick a field goal. You get in the end zone. This is just a football game. Now the deficit is essentially gone. You still got more work ahead, but you're fine now. And they get in the end zone. And then, uh, I don't remember who deserves credit, but Eric Armstead getting that. And and that's where I was like, Oh, this, this thing could happen. This thing could happen. I, I still couldn't believe it. I still couldn't believe it. And, and so let's let's get down. So at the end of the – look, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I, th- I saw the third and 18. And when they got to third and 18, I think they got – I don't know if it was a goal-to-go situation. No, I think it was. I think they were on like the four or five or something, weren't they? Yeah, so, so the reason why I don't know 
It's because that's when I went outside. To yeah, shoot free Dan throws. Campbell said it was just a little. Too, <laughs> it was just a little too. It was a little too far away to go for it. That that's when I, the reason why I don't know for sure is because that's when I went outside to shoot free throws right after they converted third and eighteen. Mm-hmm. I said I, I, my baby was there. That was I don't the killer. Know, I was like, yeah. like, so there's the way the backyard is. I can see the TV mm-hmm. into the living room. So I was I would turn over. Oh well, yeah, it's like a hundred and of course well, you can no, see let, it from outside. Don't listen to this guy. Don't listen to him. But the, the way, so I'd shoot a free throw and I'd turn and look and just see what was going on. I just saw movement, but I could see the score was still the same. So I saw they held him to a field goal. Going back, I looked and that's the right call. Mm-hmm. Kick the field goal. Yeah. Make you take it a the points. Score game. Absolutely. And I know Absolutely. Campbell was fighting himself, all this other stuff. People, this is what he's done all year. Well, yeah, that's what he's done all year. That's probably why that game wasn't in four field. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he's done all year. Mm-hmm. That's right. In Dallas, he should have kicked the game time field goal. That's right. Instead of going for it three at least, times, at least the second time. Yes. <laughs> like if you go for it on the first time, fine. But at some point, you got to realize this place curse kicked the field goal. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I, I fast forward to the, the the Niners just kicked the field goal. I wasn't crazy about that, but I was like, all right, it's points. But once again, I'm like, it doesn't matter because they can't stop them. And when they went to fourth and two. They had an opportunity to kick the field goal. I talked about this on the handoff. I want to know what you think. Once again, the analytics probably say fourth and two, the mm-hmm. way the game is going, go for it. Mm-hmm. Put the, the foot mm-hmm. on their throat, with on mm-hmm. their necks, whatever everybody says. But this is why robots don't, rep, don't mm-hmm. coach games. This is why they just don't go mm-hmm. by – you're not supposed to just go by this. This is why Brandon Staley's fired because he would just go right. by what you're supposed to do in a percentage say, right? And it had nothing you to look do at with a chart. the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with actually being in the game. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that situation, and it's not always the way you want to go about it. But sometimes you got to think about what would they want me to do right now. Mm-hmm. If I kick the field goal, they're up. We're up three scores again. There's about seven, eight minutes that have been taken off the clock. And to a certain degree, if you're the 49ers, you're like, we didn't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we just lost eight minutes. Mm-hmm. We came out of the half the same way we, w- we went into it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a kind of a blow. But if he says, hey, we're going to line up and go for it, now the other team is like, okay, I got a shot. I got a chance to keep this here and then go to work on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was – the Ayuk play was probably the biggest play. The Gibson strip and Armstead recovery was the one that made everybody say, looks like the Niners are going to win. Mm-hmm. you know. But that was the one that gave them hope. Going for it on fourth down and not, convert, not converting mm-hmm. gave the Niners players, everybody in that stadium, belief that, all right, we still got a chance. Whereas if you kick the field goal, I don't know if – I don't know if they feel that same way. Yeah, there hadn't been there hadn't been a momentum shift yet. Mm-hmm. You it was it, it you could it, it you could you, you were you were kind of sensing something, but it hadn't shifted yet. It mm-hmm. shifted on that fourth and two, mm-hmm. and unless he didn't have confidence in his kicker, and you felt like the result would have been the same. Mm-hmm. You should have kicked the field goal. Yeah. You probably should have kicked the field goal for the reasons that you outlined right there, yeah. um, because it was that it was that possession that started the shift. Now, obviously, the IU play plays and and the score is what ultimately just 
turned everything and then it hit hyperdrive mm-hmm. on the turnover. But that stop was the the rallying point. Like, okay, now we have a chance, you know, to get ten right out of half and they've got nothing. Mm-hmm. And no, you're right. They should have Again, you could you, you you attempt the field goal. We always say you kick the field goals yeah, if you make I don't it. Know, I don't know if the guy's automatic either. I was he, listening to some stuff uh, on the streets of Detroit, and I don't know if he's necessarily. And automatic. that's where and that's where you know you got to trust your coach, right? Mm-hmm. In that situation, if you're a Detroit Lions fan or you're a Detroit Lions player, you trust Dan Campbell at this point. To where if we miss the field goal, we're in the same exact situation is if we don't pick up the fourth and two. Mm-hmm. I have more confidence in this offense that was flowing through the first half because, again, you don't know that your offense isn't flowing yet. Mm-hmm. You don't know that you've you've hit a roadblock offensively yet. And it wasn't until the next possession, the turnover possession, that it was like, okay, now we've got a complete shift in this game to where that offense can't do anything right. This offense can't do anything wrong. And for the first time, the 49ers defense is here. Mm. And now that the – I think we saw this last Saturday mm-hmm. when it felt like the 49ers had a shot. When they started – when things started going the way that they were going in that fourth quarter, you saw Javon Hargrave. Mm-hmm. You saw Fred Warner. You saw the energy shift. Mm-hmm. And when 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 Armstead came up with that ball and he had it cradled right after they did a feature of him on 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 Fox and he's cradling that 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 ball it's like this game shifted mm-hmm. this defense shifted everything just changed can the 49ers offense capitalize off it and obviously they did i couldn't believe that happened all, all the turnovers couldn't either. 17 points in 8 minutes couldn't either. I could not believe called that. the turnovers perfectly on the on the on the on the handoff on Friday. I said I don't think we're getting. I think one to one. We're not getting more than that. Yeah. This this they're, they're too locked in for this. Yeah. I once again, like I said, I have fun with it. I'm happy or whatever the case may be. But you guys know I always keep it a stack with you. I thought I thought they were DOA. I thought the Niners were done. Really? I thought I thought the Lions. They beat them so bad. My my uncle called me during halftime. And I, I debated whether or not to pick up the phone because people know in that situation, don't be calling me. You don't know what you might get from me. Don't be calling me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to holler my Uncle Darren, man. He called me. He's like, Ken, man, what you seeing, man? What's going on? I said, they're getting, getting beat asshole. down. Mm-hmm. They're getting destroyed. And then he, and he was like, well, man, what, can they turn it around or whatever? I was like, I want to I wanna believe that. But at the end of the day, they can't stop these guys. That's the thing that worried me the most is they couldn't stop them at all. And I didn't have anything outside of hope to say they're going to change that in the second half. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they made plays. They stepped up, and this is one of the things we talked about last week. I mean, I give a lot of credit to a guy like Fred Warner. I got to believe. We'll see the, the, the mic'd up and the behind the scenes later in the week when they finish that off and they put it on 49ers' YouTube page. But I'm sure they'll have Fred Warner there keeping the guys engaged and mm-hmm. just tell, hey, get a stop here and we're good. But we yeah. got to do our job. Get a stop. Get a stop. He's the ultimate leader. And without seeing it, I know he was leading those guys. And they made plays. They got stops. And they completely turned that game around, man. And and then you talk about, you know, the opportunities they were given. Well, you got to capitalize on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. They capitalized on all of them. 
So from a watching from a slightly different perspective than you did, I thought the hey, shout out to Harrison Barnes, who was nominated for Western Conference. Hey, big up HB, week. man. We'll talk. We'll talk about Harrison Barnes, who's had a phenomenal week coming up here uh, in just a little time. There's going to be plenty of Kings coverage on the way uh, as the Kings are riding a game winning streak headed into uh, a very awkward Memphis Grizzlies game tonight at five. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you caught up on all of that. I promise. Uh, James Ham will join us in the final hour of the show, and I think that's all we have guest-wise. Um, watching from a slightly different perspective than you did, I thought when they got the stop, you know, the third and 18 was a killer, but ultimately when when when, when halftime hit, it's like, okay, they, they got that stop right there. It looks bad, but the best thing that can happen right now is this. Mm-hmm. They're at halftime. Journey's performing. The, the, the crowd, like whatever, like you, you, you get the ball out of the half. Like this is this is the best thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I also find it really, really funny that "Don't Stop Believing" was performed at both champions, <laughs> one by Journey and one by T Pain. <laughs> I find that just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I, I, I thought that this this is the best thing that could happen to the San Francisco 49ers. You have a roster full of all-pro players and figuratively an all-pro coach. These are the moments you respond. These are the moments you show that you're an all-pro player. Mm. These are the moments when facing adversity, when you get your ass kicked for a half by a talented offense, when you get carved up by, and I started thinking midway through the second, you know what storyline we didn't touch on enough was the familiarity of Jared Goff and the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Maybe that's playing into what we're seeing right here in the first half. Mm. But you've made it to halftime. The, the uh, deficit isn't insurmountable. You have to score on the first possession, and you have to get a stop mm. on the first possession. And it wasn't the score I was hoping for, and it a stop is a stop, mm-hmm. and it 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 it, it kind of set them off. At I thought against the Packers, I was more concerned they were dead in that game mm. than in this one, mm. because that one I honestly thought they're just they're 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 removed from football. This is what Trent Williams was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't I don't know what's going to happen after halftime. Yeah. This I thought. I think they can regroup, but is Detroit good enough to just continue to shred them? Because right now there's no evidence that they're not. Right. And then they got that stop, and then the turnover. I I, I honestly think the turnover shook them. You started yeah. seeing incomplete passes. Well, and Gibbs these guys is he's got didn't play no more after that. And I think that's a bad job by Dan Campbell. He fumbled the ball. He didn't touch the ball again the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's one of your biggest playmakers. I mean, they were start, they were saying he was a younger version of CMC. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. CMC fumbles the ball and Kyle don't play him. Don't the play rest him again. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, I think they were I think all they shook. Were shook. Yeah. I think the players were shook. The bunch of drop passes. Mm-hmm. I think the coaches were shook. Yeah. The moment, you know, I was I was I was texting with our man Trey uh, Wingo about you know what happened in Baltimore because obviously we talked extensively about that Baltimore. A team when he joined us on Friday and how the moment just got a little too big for some of those guys. That fumble outside of the end zone changed the Ravens in that game. Mm. There That's were person there was all sorts of nonsense that happened after that play. Mm-hmm. It changed Baltimore. Mm-hmm. That fumble and recovery changed Detroit. 
and that drive they put together at the end was it was terrific. But it was it was too little too late, and we all know that when a team plays, you're playing a certain style of defense in that way where you're not exactly trying to stop them. You're more trying to run the clock out as much right. as you can, right. and you're playing the you're playing the possession game more than you're actually right. defending, make you know, them, down make, in yards. They can move just yeah, being that, a that's, place. Yeah, that's all, that's all you're defending at that point. And they were shut down for an entire half. Mm. And I'm going to give credit rather than spend time, and, and, and again, it's part of the game, spend time questioning Dan Campbell and all of these th- th- different entities on the Detroit Lions. I'm going to give credit to the San Francisco 49ers. They're all pro, pro players in the biggest moment of the season, made plays, mm-hmm. and a bunch of really talented young men who haven't been here before got overwhelmed with the moment yeah. when things weren't going their way. Yep. And it, essentially what the, the Detroit team wound up to be in that game, at least, were front runners. When, it's, when, it, when it started to slip away, it really slipped away. It's not a knock. They had a phenomenal season. Salute to Dan Campbell. Mistakes and all throughout the season and and yesterday. That's a it's a it's a it's it's a good football team and it's an enjoyable football team. That's an enjoyable coach to watch. But the 49ers were better, and that was going to be the difficult part of reconciling if they had lost. Mm-hmm. Football is one game. This is not a series. This isn't a best of seven, a best of five, or a best of three. Mm-hmm. It's one game. If you're off on that day. It's a wrap. You don't get an opportunity to make adjustments two days later. And that was going to be the difficult part had those you know, early second-half possessions not gone the way that they did because the 49ers are better than Detroit. And we're getting a Super Bowl that I think is worthy of that title. Mm-hmm. We're getting two of or the two best teams in the entire league. Yeah. And Detroit would have earned their spot. They would have earned their position in that game. They wouldn't have been one of the best teams in the league to me. I agree with everything. But none of that matters. And look, and another thing that I'll um, talk about as well is I think, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, Niners got lucky with this and that, dropped passes. They got lucky last week. I think you've heard me say this a number of different times since we've been doing this show. Let us get lucky, Mm -hmm. please. Yeah. Because there's been a number of different times that on the other end of things, they have not had luck on their side. Yep. I'll never forget. I will never forget 2011 NFC Championship game against the Giants in the third quarter. Is Kyle in there? I don't think he is. But he might remember this. Late third quarter, Eli Manning throws a pass into the end zone that is so bad. It is such a duck. Two 49er players collide with each other trying to pick it off. I think the one that got knocked out was Tremaine Brown. I can't remember exactly who it was. Terrell Brown maybe got knocked out by his own player going after an interception that was just a, a just a duck, a complete duck. They dropped the ball. Terrell Brown gets knocked out for a play. The very next play, Eli throws a pass to Manningham for their only touchdown of the second half. That That was fortune like nothing else. I was like, damn, I need that fortune. Jaquaski Tart, fortune. So you have in any of these um, championships, baseball, basketball, that's what I said before, the Giants, their three championships, they were never the best team in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. They had they got fortunate on a number of different Brooks Conrad, you know, some of the stuff that happened in the Cardinals game, all this other stuff. 
You have to be lucky, in my opinion, more times than not, to get a championship. And the, and the Niners have gotten some fortunate bounces and some fortunate opportunities. And what the good teams do is they take those fortunate bounces and they take advantage of them every single time. And so far, that's what the Niners have done in this in this postseason. So, yeah, I don't, I don't care nothing about luck. I hey, well, to when, pretend- I'm, when I'm on Market Street in, in two and a half, three weeks, you think I'm going to care about luck? No. I, yeah, Eli Manning got a couple Super Bowls because of luck. Yes. But that's part of the – again, that's part of the one-off scenario, mm-hmm. right? It's why people love March Madness the way that they do. March Madness isn't a series. George Mason can beat whoever in one game because of luck, mm-hmm. because a shot banked in uh, 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 at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. It happens. You see Papa Giannis' shot? No. Bro, you gotta pull up pa- you gotta pull up Papa Giannis' shot from wherever Papa Giannis plays. You talk about it's phenomenal. He throws, he he it's a it's a it's a back and forth at the end. He just flicks up this heave from beyond half court, drains it, and his team wins. It's phenomenal. <laughs> hey, salute to Papa Giannis. I'm guessing though that he's not Steph Curry over there. Yeah. There's a little bit of luck involved. It's part of the game. It's part of the game, and I'll take it. it every fan base should, uh, and every player should. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk. I, I, I promise, promise, promise we're going to get to the Kings here very, very soon. I want to talk about Brock Purdy because a lot is going to be said over the course of the next two weeks about this individual, good and bad. And I know a lot of people are changing their tunes because uh, I saw Kenny repost them all, telling them to shut the hell up. <laughs> but if you just think about the Brock Purdy story with nothing else, it's pretty effing incredible. Mm. We'll talk about that. Stealing with KC brought to you by Sky River Casino, where we will be this Friday yeah. live. Friday, Sky River Casino, 32 Bruce Street. We're doing our show live we are watching Sacramento Kings basketball together. Yeah. Shows 12 to 4. Game starts at 4.30. We're going to hang out. Wings, beer, drinks, the whole thing. Come through. Uh, hang out with us. Uh, the live chatty house is always a blast. Even Drew Down, because you can hear Shout him. Shout out, Drew Down. Uh, in the casino, on the other end of the casino. So uh, come through. Make your plans to be with us. Friday, Sky River Casino uh, with D-Lo and KC Moorhead here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Get to the Royal Rumble at some point. I don't know when. That it last, might. It might be tomorrow. That last thing you said. Um, maybe you don't get to it. I'm kind of leaning towards that. Man, maybe they don't do it. So, yeah. Well, some people I, I saw over the over the on Saturday night. People were asking the question: Was was the Rock right now just the heat check for next WrestleMania? So, and I'm why, starting to lean that way. Okay, that's yeah. that's fine. Go ahead. I was gonna say you don't have to do Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania either. Yeah, they, like that you can do that and like during the summer or something yeah, if I you want. I wondered if it was a SummerSlam. It feels so like the it only be way the only way I could see it being a SummerSlam thing is if because the story's clear now. This this is not debatable anymore. Cody's the one. Yeah, that's very yeah. obvious. Like the crowd is desperate for this. Cody is the one. Beat Roman night two, and Roman goes away. And I think that's what everyone believes is going to happen. Roman's going to go away. But when he comes back, he needs something. Mm. And it can't be Cody right away. So maybe that's where Roman comes back and does his first, you know, he does his return. The music hits and you could start the thing with The Rock and he rock and that sets him off to whatever he's he's going to do next. Yeah. Well, do you need to pay off like all the bloodline stuff like Mania? Do they, don't they all kind of need to turn, out, turn on him at some point? I don't think the bloodline needs to turn on it. Well, him. you know, the, that was I didn't text it because we had some, some good texts during the thing, and there was well, yeah there we was, were being ignored by one well, one of our yeah. I was I was gone. I put, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I put the group on. I put the group on mute. Wow. I didn't even go on Twitter. I didn't go on Twitter either. Wow, we got muted. I, I didn't go on Twitter. That's why I retweeted the, the thing about us being the Roman or whatever, leading having the belt for a thousand four hundred copies. <laughs> okay. That was yeah. I think I was I, off by it. Um, fine. I forgot what it was I saw. And and you've talked about this before, but I, I forgot what it was I saw. But I was like, "Oh, Solo's going to be the tribal chief." So I think what you could do, I think what you could do there is because we've seen it mm-hmm. is one salute Naomi's back. Big up, big up Naomi. Big you up. Roman could leave, and you do the the Hunter Shawn Michaels thing mm-hmm. after WrestleMania 14, mm-hmm. where Hunter comes out and says. You know, or uh, Solo comes out and says Roman dropped the ball or whatever, and you can even show his face after Roman loses to Cody. Mm-hmm. And Roman, you know, Hunter that night does the you look to your blood, you look to the the click, and out comes the one two three kid, and you get this new version of DX. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can start by not having Jimmy be a clown and bringing doing Jimmy kind of dirty, bringing oh Naomi. <laughs> And there's, I'm sure there's a Samoan somewhere that we don't know about where you could bring them in. Maybe there's someone in, you know, NXT that, that, or whatever. That real bloodline is deep. Like yeah, that, no, people. that's a, no, it's a shoot bloodline. <laughs> yeah. And you could you could have like the the new version of the bloodline with Solo as the leader. I think it absolutely works. They when when Solo beat Cena the way that he did, mm. it was clear they have plans for him. Yeah. Cena's not doing that. If there isn't a clear plan for Solo, 
Because Solo's Solo's did he did something on Saturday? Maybe it was stacking everybody up. He did something on Saturday. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. he gonna. You had already talked about it. That's why I was in my head. Well, Solo's thing is easy. You were the tribal chief because of me. Mm. He's interfering in every match now, and that's Mm -hmm. annoying people. Mm -hmm. Your reign was one thousand three hundred days or whatever it'll be when it's over because of me. I allowed you to be the tribal chief. Mm. Now you're done. Mm. I'm the guy. The problem, though, is if you do that and Roman returns, he's a baby face. Yeah. And that doesn't work if you're setting up a match with The Rock. So so the other thing about all of this that I think about is Roman, um, I, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's, I don't see him being around for too much longer. Like, I see him losing the belt, facing the rock, and finishing off the bloodline Roman's story. Roman's 38. He's not that old. I mean, Randy Orton's 43. There's still money to be made there. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like I see him losing the belt, facing the rock, finishing the bloodline story, and then being out. And that Being is like the, Cena? Yeah. Like, yeah, go I, make some movies with The yeah, Rock, come back, do a couple matches. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, when you carry the company for four that's, that's years, the thing. like he's and what? What he gonna be in a in a regular you, feud with Austin Theory? We'll see, and that's like, the thing. But that's the and that's the that's the other thing. He needs to be gone for a while so Cody can establish himself. Like we see it all of the time. We saw it with Hogan and Warrior. Mm-hmm. Warrior beats Hogan. Hogan has to leave. Mm-hmm. You you see that you see that stuff a lot. Macho Man, when he became the champion, I think Hogan, I think that was the year he went to make No Holds Barred or something like that. Like, you you go away for a little bit. Yeah. And that's ultimately what Roman has to do. Go away for a little bit. Let Solo and I I, I absolutely think you keep Paul Heyman involved in this somehow. Absolutely. And you 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 build that group out from, yeah. from there and change Naomi's, you know, bright green colors hey, to, to her, black and black red. red get her in the, in the bloodline for sure i thought it was a good royal rumble man and and i thought the like women's said, royal we, rumble was phenomenal yeah i thought they did a great job with that you had it down to a t uh i thought jade was gonna win before the rumble mm-hmm. so i think it was i think it was tyrese halliburton that said bailey i was like nah it's gonna be i thought it was gonna be punk and jade and they did everything with jade and bailey and everything. they did it perfect yep they did it flawless perfect the, absolutely the, flawless. The jade Bianca match that is going to be at WrestleMania. I don't know if you caught that. Like the the shot they had of those two and then mm-hmm. WrestleMania in the background. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I see where you go. Like David, David's pointing out, Nia was cleaning house. The reason she was cleaning house is they wanted her to look like a monster. Mm-hmm. So when Jade came in, remember, sometimes if you just pick up on stuff, mm-hmm. it took 11 women to eliminate Nia last Royal Rumble. Oh, then she throws one out, two out, yeah. three out. Oh, Jade's going to come out yeah. and toss her over the top rope you because said, you said that about 20 minutes before it happened. Well, I cuz I said it at right yeah. after that line. It was like they keep pushing Nia as this like unstoppable force. Yeah. How it took 11 people. Now, one person is going to walk in and throw her out to get her power over and because Jade, that's that's Jade got her up there. Oh, Jade, my gosh. I said, "What?" Jade is the most perfect wrestler we've seen since Charlotte. <laughs> like she's Everything. Jade is stronger than Bianca. Yeah, that's crazy. Bianca, yeah. And Bianca is like unbelievably strong. But Jade, when she got Nia up there twice, I said, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, 
girl's a beast. Yeah, that was that was fun. Before we get out of here, though, I got to throw a shout out to our truth going up for a tag. Oh, that was like, awesome. Like that was so good. Oh, that was the so hot good. tag, and when he came into the woman's room, started looking around. Yeah, our truth is the one. He's so much fun. <laughs> the hot tag, though, that was, hot. and the fact that the crowd was so into it. Just perfect. Oh man, good first stuff. ballot right there. Good yeah. Stuff. yeah, 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 um, absolutely. That, real quick, back to the football game. To the side of the football game, you know, I I got I got hyped and I popped a little bit, and I was mad I wasn't there. After I saw my boy Birdman <laughs> on the sidelines, Birdman was at the game. Stutterman was at the game, mm-hmm. and so I saw it right, and I was like, oh, this is that's cool, Birdman there. I think he had a picture with Debo and Trent like way before the game, like in some kind of hallway. And then I saw him on the field. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, that's what's up. And then I saw Jerry Rice on Instagram, and he took a picture with Birdman, Jalen, like two other people. And then I was he had like five pictures on the post. Kept going through them. Birdman's in every one. Birdman's up in the suite with Jerry. They're the goat fuel. They're having a good time. I'm like, this is crazy. So he tags Birdman, and my bad. I wasn't following him. Hit that follow button. That's my boy, Stunner. You know what I mean? So I hit that follow. So I go to a store. So I was like, I wonder what he was. He's his stories is there. I wonder what he was doing all day. Oh, Birdman is dapping up uh, Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. He dapping up Christian McCaffrey. He talking to, uh, I think he talked to Brock at one point, Kittle. And the one that got me is he had an extensive minute conversation with none other than Nick Bosa. Did you see those jokes on Twitter? <laughs> no, I didn't see on Twitter. I didn't even know Nick. about it until they KC talked, told me about they it. They handshook. Bosa was like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Birdman was like, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. Hey, Uptown Third Ward, you know what it is. Hey, hey, can we get a picture? He's like, for sure, for sure, bro. Took a picture. I said, yo, this is crazy. Stunner and Nick Bosa, best friends. You remember any of the jokes? <laughs> I didn't see him. Somebody tagged me. I gotta see him. I think I think one. I don't even know if I can say the joke. <laughs> oh well. I don't know okay. if it's FCC approved. All right. <laughs> oh man. Mm. And, then, and then I got I got mad. I was like, damn, I should have been there because I would have been down there. I definitely would have had a picture with Birdman. Birdman a little crazy though. He's a little intimidating. I ain't gonna lie. You gonna try to go to? Vi- oh, yep. There, there they <laughs> there they are. <laughs> Who else is that? Is that Jalen? He yeah. over there japping up Jalen Rose? Yeah, Jalen Jalen was there the whole time. With, boy, Nick, with when Nick Bosa says he got a black friend, that boy mean it. <laughs> that boy is telling the truth. <laughs> is this 95.7 that filmed this video? Is that the origins of this video? It's from 95.7? I don't know 7? where it came from, to be honest with you. I see it on 95.7's uh, page. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw that. I said, oh, I said, we winning. We winning. It's a wrap. That's amazing. Niners win. That's we amazing. We do it for Miss Gladys, boy. Did you go to the website and submit a credential for Vegas just in case? I didn't. I got. We got a lot of things to do. Yeah, it'd be tough because we got big plans on Saturday. We have yeah. huge plans on Saturday. Yeah, but we got, we got a lot of things to do. If you could be there, I want you to be there. Well, I, I'd love to be there. I don't know if it could happen, but I'd love to be there. All right. Um, let's talk about I'm sorry, I'm I'm just I'm in this Nick Bosa like <laughs> wormhole now, just 
looking at different videos <laughs> and tweets. Stunner Man is his, is his uh, favorite rapper. And then, you know, he just he loving on Hargrave and uh, Armstead after the game. I mean, come on, man. Be with us now. We didn't change this whole mindset. Hmm. Well, <laughs> well, he would be the first. Let's just say that. He'd be the very first. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Brock Purdy for a few minutes. Let's do that. Uh, we'll talk Kings basketball coming up. I know uh, a lot of people are eager to talk Sacramento Kings as they play tonight, uh, and we'll we'll you know we'll walk the tightrope talking about these two big stories here. But I want to talk a little bit about Brock Purdy here for a minute because the last pick in the draft is about to play in the Super Bowl. Mm. The very last pick in the draft. Not the last pick of the first round. Mm -hmm. The very last pick in the draft. And it's not like he was drafted five, six years ago and bounced around and figured some things out. He became a starting quarterback last year. That's the story. That's it. You don't have to be extra. We don't have to talk about Josh Allen now. Or Josh Allen in his second year, we certainly don't have to compare Brock Purdy to Patrick Mahomes, who was on one of the most incredible runs He's we've in seen God in professional sports. You know, him and LeBron James just go to finals repeatedly. The story of Brock Purdy is enough, and I, I've 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 been adamant that people add all of this extra stuff to it because they're insecure about their own takes. They feel like they should have seen this coming. They feel like they they should have been able to predict this. And because they were wrong about like 10 other quarterbacks in the draft, because they were wrong about Mac Jones, because they, me, were wrong about Trey Lance, doesn't mean you you can't appreciate what you just weren't paying attention to. Most people aren't paying attention to the final pick of the draft, regardless of the position they play, much less if they're a quarterback. If he wins a Super Bowl, is it the greatest story in the history of the it, NFL? It's one of the most incredible it, things I think we've I know ever it's seen. Tom Brady, Tom Brady gets that for being a six-round pick, right, he was? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he gets that and all that. But the fact, like, what quarterback or even player, do you know, a Mr. Um, what do they call him, Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Irrelevant, that has ever had any sort of success like this? It's only rivaled by Kurt Warner. That's the only one I put over it, because Kurt Warner – I don't know the if they, you know, exaggerating or whatever, but I mean he was working at a grocery store. But Kurt Warner was also a pro football player. Like he was a football True. player. He was playing he Arena just, League, right? Yeah, he just been out of the True. league. Yeah. Like he's he, he and Did then he, he played before he went to the Arena League. I can't remember. Was he I, I think he played in the NFL like before he put, okay. went to the Arena League. He was last in the Arena League, then he was at the grocery store mm-hmm. and then he made a Hall of Fame career. That's phenomenal. Um, we're not going to be able to judge Brock Purdy's story to that extent for years, right? Uh, a, a, a decade at least. Well, but, but look, even even aside from that, whatever Kurt Warner did, he was the the backup quarterback, right? Trent Green goes down. All right, Kurt, mm-hmm. you're up. Brock needed two guys to go down. Yeah, Brock was an afterthought. It's like they drafted Trey, and you're thinking, oh, maybe Jimmy helps out Trey. Meanwhile, you got this third guy who's like, maybe you develop into a bad And wasn't or it Brock or Brandon Allen? Yep. Wasn't that the big discussion? Yep, I think, at, at, like at the end of camp, is yeah, it Brock or Brandon Allen? I think so, yeah. I mean, it, the story is unbelievable. Not only 
for him to be successful. But this guy, he's looking like a franchise quarterback. He's looking like a, a guy. Right. I'm uh, As a Niners fan, I'm looking at it now and I'm saying, this window that I thought was like a five-year window, oh, as long as we're able to like piece this thing together with certain players here and there, this this thing, the window just got so much so much more open because Brock Purdy is one of them ones. And I tried to even think back. Is it off the top of your guys' head? Is there – are there guys in the league that have shown what Brock Purdy has shown, like being statistically what he's shown, winning games the what he has shown, who have been that for a year or maybe two and then just gone away? Like usually when they do what he's doing – it's usually real. Like they're usually here for a while. Yeah, the you, you're asking is is there like a Jeremy Lin equivalent? Like, yeah, where they have like a burst that, oh my god, and then it's kind of like, oh okay, well he's okay, right? Okay, maybe he's not. The first one I thought about that came to my mind was Jake Delhomme, and he didn't win or perform the way Brock Purdy. Did. Yeah, he was Jake Delhomme was more of a, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Was Jake DeLome ever like a conversation like we're having about Brock? I feel yeah. like he was just always, he's, like, he's oh, fine. He's a good ball player. You can he's win fine. the Amherst. Yeah, he's like, fine. You, and it's, like I said, statistically, he was never where Brock is, right? Like Brock is in the top five, it feels like, in all major mm-hmm. passing statistics. Like he is worthy an MVP candidate. That was never the case with Jake DeLome. And in the biggest game of the season, he had 93 yards in the first half. 174 yards in the second half mm. and made plays with his legs in the second half that put the San Francisco 49ers in a position to ultimately win that game. His decision-making on every scale in that second half was perfect. And you could make the argument it had to be. Mm-hmm. Given the deficit that they were in, given the threat of the Detroit Lions, he couldn't make a mistake in the second half. And, again, a little bit of luck, and he doesn't. I I can't speak enough about Brock Purdy. It doesn't look the way we traditionally think it should look when you talk about a top-flight quarterback. But he has a sense of the moment. He has a sense of what to do. He has a sense of how to play that position. I keep saying it. He just understands how to play that position. And he's the truth. Brock is the he truth. Is. He is the absolute truth. He, he, he solidified himself, I think, as I mean, because he's kind of good enough now. It's it's crazy. He's good enough now to where the quarterback talks around him is always going to be just confusing and like just you know it's just that terrible quarterback talk like with the with Izzy top one of the top guys. But like he's like he's established him. Like he's just a NFL quarterback who's always going to be he's he's going to be solid no matter what I think. Yeah, I think so too. And then you you talk about like. Because I know Ryan Clark tweeted some things out last night. And and look, when I when I talk about Ryan Clark, I like the guy. I don't I'm not I'll I'll talk trash to him or whatever. I'll call him out on this, but I like Ryan Clark. Everything mm-hmm. I ever hear about him, um, when he speaks mm-hmm. and everything, I I think he's he's what media needs. He needs he's I like Ryan Clark, so I'm not here to clown on him but i thought it he was, got bit by the world by worldwide leader when he dropped the this is the single hardest thing i've ever had to do i was just about to, he got gassed up by the yeah, internet and, yeah. and everything that went out this past yeah. week because he says that and then i saw him two more times like go even crazier with it mm. and it was like yeah you know 
Brock Purdy, uh, he wouldn't even be picked in the supplemental draft right now. Like, he went off the deep end, right? And Brock plays his game, and 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 Ryan Clark tweets out, like, hey, Brock did his thing. Like, he's just mm-hmm. showing him love and showing him respect and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And I get all that. I was like, man, you was a little disrespectful this past week. Like, with the whole – he wouldn't even be picked in the supplemental draft and all that. And the the Niners are going to be looking for a quarterback. And then I don't know if you heard him today. I absolutely did not. This, and I like Ryan Clark. I like him. I like. I'm not. I'm not trying to say anything about him. This guy today is like, Yo, Brock Purdy showed me. He's a franchise quarterback. This is a guy that you build a franchise around. He has all the tools to lead da 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 and just does a complete 180. And you know how I am about all this. Mm-hmm. How do you do that mm-hmm. in one game? Mm-hmm. However right. you felt about Brock going into that game should generally be about how you feel about him now. Yeah, Like you can give respect. You can say, I still don't think he's that dude, but he played a heck of a game, great comeback. He showed me a little something like, Man, salute to him. Like, you can salute him mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, I'm going to still need to see more to figure How are you just 100% sold that on Friday he said this guy wouldn't be picked in a supplemental draft? Mm-hmm. And today he's a franchise quarterback? It's too deep into the hot take game now. On, I agree with bro. you. When you look at what Brock Purdy was able to do, Brock Purdy has separated himself from Dak Prescott. Brock Purdy has separated himself from Tua Tagovailoa. Brock Purdy has separated himself from guys like Kirk Cousins, from guys like Justin Herbert. He was asked in the most pressurized moment to be the best he could possibly be. And you know what magnifying glasses do, right? Think about this, huh? You, you know, you in the club, right? You vibing. And she got on makeup, you know what I'm saying? She got her good weave in, her good wig on, and yeah. then the lights come on, right? You know what the lights do. The lights yeah. show the imperfections, right? Some of them scatter, and some of them walk closer to you. When when they were looking for Brock Purdy's imperfections, he got closer to him. Take Brock notes, Purdy notes, became more of himself. He used his legs. He played <laughs> above the X's and O's. Brock Purdy, in my opinion, if I'm looking at those two games Saturday, Brock Purdy did what we would have expected Lamar Jackson to do. Brock Purdy trusted himself. We agree with Brock that. Brock Purdy put the football where it was supposed to be. Brock Purdy won the football game. Down 17. That was a trash-ass analogy by Ryan Clark, and I expect a lot better from him. Bro, he just did that last week when you said he was before. nothing. Yeah. He just did. So, so number, first of all, for the people that are listening on the radio, sorry, Ryan Clark, Outfit looks phenomenal. Oh, it's for, yeah, the, 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 the chain the on the outside the of that. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, it looked like a two-tone suit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I really like Ryan Clark, but I don't understand. And he's a microcosm of some of the media that baffles me nowadays. How does your opinion change so drastically over one game? Well, it's like you said, too. It's like Brock hasn't done anything like over like recently or whatever it's like oh yeah like to make you go like he's played like Brock Purdy has played all year like mm-hmm. there's nothing different here mm-hmm. yeah I don't I don't I don't get it I don't get it. I don't I don't get how now he's clutch or now he's that dude like it at the very least I'm not even saying like you gotta you can never feel that way but after one game mm-hmm. you can't go from Friday you were saying he wouldn't be drafted to he didn't separate himself from Dak Prescott 
You know, like what? I don't get it. Yeah, that's I bizarre. disagree, Ryan. Disagree. Also, Ryan, don't use women's looks as a way to get your stupid ass sports take off. Be better than that. Um, it's bizarre. It's just one extreme or the other. Like there was no acknowledgement of you. Know, that was that was a solid game about you know from Brock Purdy going back to last week before the single hardest thing I've had to do. <laughs> you go back to that game and it's just like yeah. He let them get in a deficit. You still see some shaky decision-making. But when it mattered the most, he got the job done. You can't do that again against Detroit, right? You can't do that. And then, it was, it, you know, to be able to have that clutch gene in there in that final moment and deliver on that final drive, that's big time. But to be a franchise quarterback, you have to make, you know, your decision-making has to be impeccable in these moments because you're not always going to be able to get back into these games. You're not always going to be playing, and this is what a lot of 49er fans I know are feeling headed into next week or two weeks from now, excuse me, Detroit's, you know, Kansas City isn't this young and up-and-coming team. It's, that's not Jordan Love. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a, you know, a, 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 a really sharp Jared Goff. That's goddamn Patrick Mahomes. That is possibly the greatest player we've ever seen at that position. These last two first halves ain't going to work. And, like, you could have made your point doing that. Right. But instead, you do all of this overboard stuff to where, like you asked, did I hear what Ryan Clark said? No, no. I just tune that stuff out now. I watch Sports Center the second I wake up because I know there's no nonsense in it, or I watch Scott Van Pelt. All that other stuff, I know a lot of it pops on the timeline. I'm just, I'm moving. I can't, I can't, I can't take you. Again, a tremendous amount of respect for Ryan Clark. I just can't take some of this stuff seriously. He's losing credibility. And I hate to see that for him because, once again, I think we both feel the same way about Ryan Clark. You know, we listen to the podcast and the way he speaks. I got love for Ryan Clark. I, I think he he's good for yep. – the idea of Ryan yep. Clark is good for media. But the way he's behaved in the last week or so brings in – it's like we talk about with the Kings. If you're this drastic and this far off with Brock Purdy, something that I know about, I know the ins and outs, what are you about other stuff? What are you about – the Miami Dolphins. What are you about the Detroit line? Like now it makes me question everything you ever say. Cause I'm coming to you sometimes because I don't have a, a super knowledge of the commanders. So let me see what Ryan Clark got to say. Well, you, if you, this off with something that I know about, what's to tell me you're not that off with things that I don't know that much about. Yeah. So he's losing credibility and I hate to see that for him, at least with me. We'll talk more 49ers. We'll talk more Super Bowl uh, as the San Francisco 49ers are indeed headed to the Super Bowl to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I hate us. <laughs> Let's switch gears and talk about the Sacramento Kings because you talk about vibes, boy. Ooh. Vibes are up <laughs> with the beam team. We'll talk about it when D'Lo McCasey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. So I can't he remember. He didn't win 15 16. He was eight. What he was in, he he went to Miami in eight. Not why, why am I acting like well, we he can't came, look this he came up. back for because didn't he win one in 2012? I think so. I just yeah. don't remember what team it he was on. Coincides with the, the Warriors championship. So he went back to Cleveland in 15 16. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't win either one of those. And yeah, he didn't win one 18. LeBron. That says champion. LeBron 
his last uh, championship was, uh, excuse me, his last MVP, this is amazing, was 2013. Mm. We'll get to it, man. Salute to LeBron and Steph. Oh, that was, yeah. Because there was a moment on Saturday where I had the Royal Rumble on, I had the Kings game on, and I was watching the Lakers, the end of the Lakers Warriors on my phone. It's a big baller right there. He's got a movie theater in his house. Well, you, true, I'm sorry, how many, how many TVs do you have in your I'm, loft? I only have two. You have a, in your loft? That's just in one part of the house. I heard Kenny's got one of those TV fridges. The little TV screen bad. in front of the freezer. Yeah, I wanted one bad. Jim. No, you have the clear door on your refrigerator, though, don't you? No. Wifey put her foot down. Oh. She said, that's enough. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was funny. There was three minutes and two seconds left in the Kings game. And the Lakers-Warriors just went to overtime. They ended at about the same time. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, I, I, I had the exact opposite situation. I had... Royal Rumble, Kings, and through the Lakers and Warriors on my phone and watch the the end of that as well. So. Yeah, that's what I had. That, that's the, it's the same setup oh, I yeah, had. Yeah, that, okay. yeah, it's the same setup I had. But I was <laughs> I found myself glued to the phone. Like this, this. I mean, the the shot making from Clay, mm. uh, uh, Steph, and then the decision making from LeBron on that last possession to just try to get to the rack mm-hmm. uh, was was perfect. We'll get to it. Yeah. I'm just saying. That all came up because during the break we were talking about MVPs. Yeah. Joel may not make it. We'll Joel's get into out that tonight. situation. Yep. Um, but I how many did you how, what was the game count again? Sixty five. No, what what was the oh, I think he's five away from yes. being uh, from, in, from being ineligible. Yeah. Like yeah. Um but Je- we talked about MVPs and Jesse was like, it's gonna be Jokic. And then Damien was like, Well, what about Giannis? And he said, ah, I think they're gonna hold it against them with everything that went around with the the coach. And it made me think about LeBron. Was he getting that same treatment when he got David Blatt fired? Mm. Well, it really wouldn't have mattered because that was the Warriors' no, 73 and 9 years. Yeah, so. there was two Steph MVPs in there. Yeah. And then, of course, I, if I recall correctly, the first one was, um, you know, what exactly does valuable mean, mm. which I think was a LeBron James quote. For the 2015 yeah. MVP, because 16, he was unanimous. Yeah. Steph was unanimous, if I remember correctly. Uh, the LeBron the probably should have won it in 15. I said, well, maybe I shouldn't say that, because Steph was crazy, but. I don't we, think Steph was crazy in 15. Steph was the new hotness in 15. He was, I think he was comparable to LeBron. He was crazy in 16. Yeah. Was that crazy. was, that's, that was the, this is not a conversation. There was a a point probably at this point of the season where you could have given it to LeBron, uh, Steph Curry that year. LeBron in fourteen fifty. Yeah, he wasn't crazy. He was twenty three point eight points. That's LeBron or Steph. Steph. Yeah, that's Steph. Okay. Twenty three point eight point seven point seven assists. LeBron that year. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was better than that. He does twenty eight eight and eight in his old every. That year. man set a career high in rebounds on Saturday. Mm. Mm. That is ridiculous. Damn. He set a career high in rebounds in his 21st season <laughs> Saturday. It's crazy. Phenomenal. That year he was 25-7-6. and six. That's not egregious. Like it's, it's not it's, egregious, it's not but they egregious. were both the number one seed. Uh, New hotness. Yeah. New hotness. 
Steph had best overall record, so maybe. Who won it in that's, 14? That's what, on oh, 14? That's a good question. Because it was LeBron in 13, Steph in 15. Who the hell won it in between? Because uh, that, that wasn't Derrick Rose, was it? Derrick Rose was earlier. Derrick Rose was 11, I think. I'm about to see right now. Any Kevin guesses? Ke- oh, KD, good, good. So who had someone had it? Soren, good, good, good call, Soren. Kevin Durant. That's KD's only MVP. And so that's kind of crazy. We got because we can take a break from football for a week. At some point, I want to get into the discussion of KD last week, questioning why he's not mentioned in the the goat conversation. You don't think? Okay. Well, I mean, he he brought. He's like, why am I never mentioned in the goat conversation? And I, I, I don't think he's in the conversation for me. But I understand him feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's done it all. And he was like, "Oh, why? Because I went to Golden State. Like I've done everything. I've checked off every other every other box." But he's never mentioned in the goat conversation. He's barely in the top ten. Well, he's in my top ten. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people wouldn't put him in the top ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, sure, we could talk about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe That's, we just did. I don't know. I, I I just I don't know what to. I mean, I don't know how you make these lists. Like, because what are we talking about? Are we? Are we just? It's it's almost like the best rapper conver- conversation. Like you got platinum plaques and club hits and radio records, and then you got guys that just got bars. Mm-hmm. Like, not to say that. Like Kevin Durant's not most deaf. Mm-hmm. But he's not Drake either, right? He's not Hove. Like Nas. Okay. Maybe he's like Kendrick, actually. Is he J. Cole? Uh, I feel like Cole, like he, he puts up the stats and all that, but he does not get like the talk, the Drake talk. He's not Kendrick. I don't think Kevin Durant's Kendrick. You know who might be Kendrick is Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi's got a couple of titles on a couple of different franchises, and every once in a while, reminds you because he, he, <laughs> he's hurt. <laughs> where's call. my analogy flawed? I don't understand. Where's my analogy right flawed? Um, let's talk Kings, and and we'll talk all this other. Uh, it's <laughs> Friday was wild. Mm. Watching basketball in the KSFM studios on Friday night was absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, Kings got their third straight win. They beat Dallas 120-115 to on Saturday. Not everybody was thrilled uh, with how that game transpired as the Kings did have Ooh. control for most of it. Well, it, it, got a little, it got a little rocky there. The Kings got up by 20. That deficit immediately went to single digits like 10 seconds later. And then Kings built the lead back up. And then I think it got all the way down to three. And uh, Kings were able to hold on, make those clutch baskets, get the job done. And at this point, I don't care what they look like anymore. Uh, vibes are up. Keep winning. Uh, and that's where we are. This team is – I'm baffled. They look like a completely different team. Well, so completely different things are happening. So let's let's start there because you say this is a completely different team. Well, there's if, if, if there's reasons to feel that. Harrison Barnes, all of a sudden, 
is the team's third best scorer. He might be the team's second best scorer. <laughs> he really is Jordan all of a sudden. It's it's just just out of nowhere. Harrison Barnes, you know, goes. What, what do you have? Th- thirty nine, I think it was. Then thirty. Yeah. Drops twenty against Dallas on a, on on six of eleven, four of seven from three. I'm, excuse me. My man had six rebounds. Mm. I don't know what's y'all hear me. I don't know what's going on. HB had six rebounds in this game. You had 15 from Kevin Herter, the, uh, Keegan Murray. Excuse me. The story is Keegan Murray's defense, and we'll we'll get to that. But then you're getting 17 from Domas, 18 from Herter, and 34 from from De'Aaron Fox, who looks to be back. It back back. I was say with Harrison Barnes, where you been? Like, where has this been? I've, I don't. Why know. are we doing this now? I, have no I, I idea don't know. What's going on. I don't know. Something happened <laughs> during that break. <laughs> Something happened. And he's these talking, dudes, he's putting up points. It's crazy. These dudes is hooping. They are hooping. They look great. But it's a it's so what's different now is Malik's game is is a little drawn back. Mm. You're not getting uh, a big pro- like Trey Lyles had one point against Dallas. Trey hasn't had a big outing in 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 a couple games now. And that has been the shift. We had seen a bench player, be it uh, uh, Malik with Trey, or, I mean, you got a nice little performance from uh, JaVale in this one. You know, Malik with a little sprinkle from somebody else. Now this is this is starter-heavy basketball right here. Yeah. And these guys are playing all five of them for the first time all year? Seem to be in sync. Yeah. Because Herter had his struggles, mm-hmm. it felt like for a large chunk of the season to start. You had this weird stuff going on with Harrison Barnes where he's just invisible. And now all of a sudden, this is the nastiest starting lineup in the league. <laughs> how, how much do you guys trust him? Well, how, how much of this is a product of their inconsistencies this season? So I'm glad you bring, bring this up because I think this is part of a deeper story deeper conversation that maybe we need to have. Do you trust this enough to stand pat at the trade deadline? Because there was two weeks ago, I am not just not excluding myself from this, but I was like, yo, they got to make a move. They got to go get a power forward. That's where I would go for Like we were breaking this all down mm-hmm. every day. And you still got time. You don't have to make a decision right now. But is this real enough for anybody to say, hey, just stand pat? When you say make a move, you're referring to a seismic move like a Kyle Kuzma type thing. Get a starter in there. Yep. Uh, Not tweaks on the bench, right? Um, History says the answer is no. This isn't real. Like, this isn't. This isn't who the Kings are. That team over there is not real. Well, the the team I think is real. This like over the top dynamic performance from all five starters that doesn't feel real. And the way Herder is playing, it's almost like well, it's probably gonna fall off at some minute, at some point, right? Like it's not not like hopefully. Not like what we saw to start the season, especially given the fact I think part of what we saw at the beginning of the season was, I think some of it was Mike Brown's fault. 
I, I, I think there was a, a, a thing there. You know, the Duarte stuff and starting and defense and go do something. And now he's doing – dude's getting double-doubles. Dude's doing all sorts of stuff. He had, he had four rebounds in that one. Everybody was on the glass in this game against Dallas. But it's hard to take this small sample size and go, yeah, 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 no, this is who the Kings are. Everything's good. And I don't know, I don't know how you, if you're Monty McNair in this front office, you judge that going into the trade deadline. I don't know how you go, like you're you're balancing, hey, things are clicking right now. Do we trust that this because it's not, is this the Sacramento Kings? It's is this version of the Sacramento Kings closer to who we will be in April and and, and hopefully May mm-hmm. or is it the version from the beginning of the season you know from the fir- first part of the season and I don't know the answer to that I have no clue because I watch Harrison Barnes every night now just baffled <laughs> like what's the difference is the difference Harrison Barnes is the difference Mike Brown is the difference? Kevin Herter's hitting shots is the difference that Keegan Murray is now Kawhi Leonard on defense. (laughs) Like, I don't know what it is. I have no clue. And just as I did the Golden State Warrior game and the Atlanta Hawks game, I sat there confused at the fact Harrison Barnes was shooting threes, hitting them easily, efficient, rebounding the ball. And it wasn't to counter the fact that Kevin Herter wasn't doing anything because he was too. Mm-hmm. And then you had the the big boys pulling their weight as well. I think if they were doing it at the beginning of January rather than a week before, the trade deadline would be a little bit different. And I'm not even saying like Kevin Herter and HB are playing better because the trade deadline's here. They don't want to go anywhere. But it's a matter of it's not enough time for me to think, yeah, like this is sustainable or whatever. For me, I feel like the three-game losing, winning streak that they have now, I've been playing well. For me, I'm just chalking that up to their inconsistencies this season so far. Like, they're winning now, but, I mean, I could easily see them, not them, but, like, HB go back to who he was, or Herder, or whoever. But go back to how they've been playing. The three-game losing streak is coming on the tail end of a four-game losing streak, right? And I think that's been... Three-game winning streak. Three-game winning streak, I'm sorry, is coming at the end of a four-game losing streak. Yeah. Um, and that's been the frustration with the Kings this year, is they, they haven't gotten into a groove of, you know, you win two or three, then you lose one. Then you, you know, you, you win two or three, then you lose one. It's... You know, you win two or three, then you lose two. Then you win one, then you lose two more. And I don't I don't think the way that they're playing, by the way, has anything to do with the trade deadline. I don't think they're showcasing. I don't think there's getting their value up. That's I just that's not real. They're just out there hooping. And I don't know what's different, but I'm tracing it back to that stretch where they played one game in like a eight day stretch. Yeah, and it, and I think, and this is like where where we'll talk, but you know we don't know and out to that locker room or what was said. So to make this decision, I think Monty knows if anything happened, what happened during that stretch, and if it's something where he's like, just say hypothetically, you know, true serum, Monty's sitting right here, and yeah, no, um, you know, it, all that's going on, Monty. What what happened? He says, you know what? They they all had a had a conversation. They talked. They got on the same page, and they aired out some grievances. 
And, you know, they had some uncomfortable conversation, but they came out of that conversation knowing what they had to do, mm-hmm. knowing that they're here for each other, and knowing that it's it's time to, you know, for everybody to win games. No egos, check the egos. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you know that, if you know that's what happened, you're less hesitant to make a deal. Because what that would tell me is all the stuff that we saw before, it's not, it wasn't just natural, inconsistent play. There was something going on. Mm-hmm. There was there was an issue that wasn't being addressed or acknowledged. Mm-hmm. It was addressed and it was acknowledged, and now it's they're in a better space and they're able to move forward. For that's something obviously we don't know anything about. But that if that's what happened, that's more than just well look at his stat log. He's always inconsistent. Like it's it's a little bit more than that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't. We don't. We're not privy to that information, so that could be a possibility. Hypothetically, was that a conversation amongst players, or a conversation amongst players and the coach? I think both. Mm. I think both. Whether it was in a group, whether it was one on one, whatever. I don't know, but I think. And it and it doesn't have to be anything like grand. Like mm-hmm. people are like shut the doors. Give me the, the players only meeting. Yeah, Someone tell Shams. It doesn't have to be all that, right? It could have mm-hmm. just been they had practice, and and Mike Brown went over to Harrison Barnes right before and said, "Hey man, how you feeling? Like what you thinking?" And they had a quick five minute conversation. It could be something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they had conversations together as a, as a group. Um, and with the coaching staff. Do they need to make a move for the sake of we know what it looks like when this team isn't firing on all cylinders? Like, do they have a plan B? Because, like, now it's looking fine, but, like, let's say we get to the playoffs and Herder's not hitting them. Let's just say it goes back to how it was in the first round last year. The guys aren't hitting. Like, do you have a backup for that? So, so I think that's that would be more of a um, uh, Caruso-type move. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully you can get those guys without giving up your major pieces. But I think that. I heard two first-round picks for Caruso. Well, jeez. Manny, get your people over there. Um, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I think that would be the move, right? Like if, if Herder's not playing well. We I take that back. The most ridiculous pitch. thing I ever heard was the Zach Levine for, like, Keegan Murray, Kevin was that Herter, was that Harrison just a Twitter Barnes. account throwing out crazy um, hypothetical deals, or is that the Ringer putting that deal out there? So I think, coming up with that. I think my guess is what the, because I, I'm not because I assumed I know who wrote the Ringer column that that was the quote was from the Ringer that the Kings might be a little more desperate to land Zach Levine after missing out on OG and Anobi. Did they come up with that trade though? The I don't. I don't know if the ringer did. Oh, whoever or, did, you're out your mind. Or if it was that <laughs> idiot Bulls account, but yeah, that's that's the highest level of trash. They you could possibly see. They they uh, they jumped him over the weekend, almost like I kind of got jumped right because I think somebody put out like about a week ago. They're like, Kings get Michael Bridges for maybe one or two players for draft situations and I was like I'd do this deal in a heartbeat so I said 
Oh, Nets Twitter. Yeah, but the Nets wouldn't. Why would anybody do this? I didn't come up with the trade. I just said I would do the trade. Sir, the deal was presented to me, and I said, yes, what do you want me to do? (laughs) It was on my head. Be angry at the people who presented the deal, not at me. Yeah, it was on my head. So it wasn't that drastic, though, because they, yeah, the Bulls Twitter guy got jumped. Yeah, he, as he deserved to be. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, empty calories was cooking again. <laughs> 17 and 11. <laughs> empty calories is doing. Every time we like to take the Montes bonus or empty calories, my mind just goes to shoulder, 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 shoulder. <laughs> Speaking of getting jumped. Those brothers got jumped. <laughs> oh, they did. Oh, they got they got roughed up. <laughs> Shout out to the morning roast. They got, man. they got roughed guys. up. They got roughed up bad. Oh, we're idiots now because we're friends with them. I saw that. That that was uh what? that was an oh yeah, that was I saw one of the quote tweets to that video was F any Sacramento media who's friends with these guys. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're a jack off. It's not that serious. Get out of my face, Stan. <laughs> like you you are a trash. You take this far more seriously than <laughs> anyone on the planet. Sit down, well, guy. What was uh? Did we have a back and forth about it or something like that? Where the guy was like, anybody that disrespects Sacramento, like I don't ride with him or something. Oh, yeah, last that was week that in the guy. chat. It was the same guy. It was the same guy. Brother, relax. We were talking about NBA basketball. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to hit him with the whatever, ho. We are not going to war here. <laughs> oh, man. Did you say TC was? Yeah, he's oh. still there if you want to talk to him. Oh, snap. Hey, my bad, TC. My bad, TC. <laughs> what it do, baby? <laughs> hey, what's up with my two brothers, man? Y'all vibing, huh? Yeah, man, my bad, TC. What's up with your big dog? What up, man? I got questions for you, TC. I'm going to let you rock, but I, I got questions do. for you. I know you do. Let me, I'm going to let you rock, baby. We going to the Super Bowl, rock. Talk to him, baby. Now, hey, 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 check it out, check it out. Listen, it's, hey, they had us against the ropes last night. Hey, I ain't going to lie to you, D-Lo. Hey, I told you, Kenny, hey, Dan Campbell was biting kneecaps until he choked. <laughs> He told, hey, hey, Kenny, they almost had us. I ain't going to lie to you. They I know. Almost had us. I know. I was the same way. I was the same they way. Are, hey, they almost had us. But, you know, listen, they persevere. You know, I'm going to give Brock his credit. He stood tall yesterday, scrambled, made some good plays, threw, that, hey, threw a nice ball to Jawan. But that team, hey, that team and them leaders on that team, bro, lifted up Shanahan. They saved <laughs> that dude yesterday, bro. Listen, that dude was against the ropes, bro. Fred, hey, D-Lo. <laughs> D-Lo, listen, them veterans and them leaders, big dog, they stood up yesterday. They stood up. Hey, so, okay, let me ask you something, TC. Is, is Kyle's job still on the line? I'm going to be honest with you. The way, that, hey, the way that game went yesterday, they might not mess with that dude, bro, unless we don't win the Super Bowl, then it might pop up again. But the way that the motions was flying and the leaders stood up for that dude yesterday, he's safe right now. <laughs> TC, shout out TC. Is Kyle is Kyle a good coach? He gone. Shout out TC, man. Who else we got? We got Jamil on the line. He's Jamil. in one of our kinks. That, that's uh, that works. Jamil, what's up, baby? Oh, uh, how y'all know? How y'all know? Damn it! Am, oh my bad, my bad, you guys. You good? We dumped the Jamil. No more cousin though. <laughs> all right, all right. 
one day. We can't make it one day. <laughs> Go ahead, big dog. Sorry, guys. Oh, I'm, I'm making an executive call right now, man. If the Kings can get past that Indiana game, all these questions that y'all got, we might go on an eight to ten game run, man. Indiana, Indiana's the hump. I'm well, telling you guys. You guys, take a look at the record. Yeah. Memphis, they 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 limping, right? We got Miami. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they struggling. Miami yeah. going going to do it, especially yeah. on the way we up. Then after that, we got the Tyrese and and the guy that should have been over here but didn't want to play over here game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then after that, it seems kind of like you know we got end with Detroit on the on the road trip. Mm. I don't know, guys. This this, so, this could be a, a big point for the Kings. I I I hear you, bro. Here, here here's what I'll say to that. Let's go Russell Wilson and just go one and know every day. That's it, man. That's let's it. be let's let's let the Kings beat Memphis tonight. Yes. I don't care how many guys are missing. Every Kings fan saw that injury report and immediately their their stomach dropped. Yes. Not not feeling great. Seen this before. Not feeling great. No, let's 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 but I will say this. And you know, it's about wins and losses for sure, but it's a long season. And how long ago was it that I was like, ah, oh, it's this team's actually playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And we we're getting into, it. Was around the it was around the uh, the Nets the game, game, I think. It was the five game road trip, and that was like almost two weeks ago. So you well, can't do beat, it because yeah. you because you you win or lose the games. But the Bucks game, the Suns game, I thought they played well. They lost both of them. The Indiana game, I didn't think they played well. I'll take that one out of there. I don't think they played very well, but quietly, and maybe they're thinking about it this way in the locker room, quietly they've strung together about two, three weeks of good basketball. Yeah, you could probably go back to the Pistons game on on January 9th and go from there. They beat the Pistons. They beat the Hornets. They get blown out by the 76ers. They get the one-point loss against the Bucks, the dreadful final stretch against Phoenix, and then a bad game against the Pacers. And then the next three. And then they won the next three, yeah. When we come back, Harrison Barnes had two game, two points in that game against the Pacers. I don't hear. Yeah, twenty. This is a, God, my goodness gracious. Yeah, twenty-seven from Keegan, twenty-one from Domas, thirty-one from Kevin Herter, twenty-four from De'Aaron, two from HB, and then the next, the next game, game changer. I don't understand it. I don't. We'll figure it out when we come back, though. Wow, we're. <laughs> Really late. That's my bad. It's Steve and Casey. What's that? I didn't even realize that either. Yeah, it's Steve and Casey. Trying to get us out. Yeah, you did, and I just wasn't (laughs) paying attention because you know vibes. That was the funny. It's vibes. My mind's still on you. I knew we went to TC late. I was just like, oh, it's fine. We're just vibing. We've hit the dumb button today. It's good. Steve and Casey brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. The funny thing about Brock Purdy, we want to make definitive statements on him now. It's like the the Josh Allen thing. Like, why are we comparing Brock Purdy to Josh Allen in year six when we should be comparing Brock Purdy to Josh Allen in year two? We, we're, we're living in this moment where we have to make a definitive statement on who he is as a player moving forward rather than who he is as a player right now. Mm-hmm. And right now, the kid is really, really good. I think well, there's just... Go ahead, go ahead. I think that's just a landscape of sports talk. You're right? 100%. Because, like, I, like, I, like I tried to say, I, I don't know if I phrased it the right way, but Brock Purdy is, like, honestly played himself out of the development. Like, he's already good to, like, you can throw, like, the trash 
quarterback takes. Not like that he's trash, but more so he's not that good. He's carried and all that. Like more so it's not about how he plays quarterback, but what's around him. It's pretty much all the things that can discredit him or prop him up. Like there's no development talk. There's no year two. It's just now he's good enough to where throw him in the fire now. Well, that's also part of, and you're 100% correct, but part of that is the gift and the curse uh, situation of playing for a Super Bowl contender. Mm -hmm. If he was playing for the Arizona Cardinals, he'd be given that time to develop. And they'd look at him like, oh, Purdy's cool. You know what I mean? He's got to work on some stuff. He's got to develop. Like, I, I, I know they may, you may hear some things about it, but nobody looks at uh, Bryce Young and just says he's a bum, right? right. You know, being right. in Carolina. Right. It's like, ah, man, they got to get some things around him. Yeah. It's in the yada, yada, yada. Um, I, he, uh, Brock Purdy doesn't get that opportunity because he's on a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl. So with being in that type of light and being on that uh, on that type of um, platform, it's going to come with wild takes. If he was drafted higher, you think um, they'd be a little bit more respectful of what's going on? Like, say Absolutely. It's, say it's Trey Lance leading this team. Absolutely. It's a complete it, – it's it's not even a story if it's if it, if he's dra- drafted in the Trey Lance position. There's 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 no story. It's or, or, you know what the story probably is 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 John Lynch mm-hmm. and Kyle Shanahan the foresight to see the skill that this kid had. You don't get that conversation when you draft them last. Right. You only get that when you trade multiple first round picks to move up to the. Two, three, three. What was it? Three. three. Move up to the three and, spot. And the crazy thing is, they don't. As much as you know, you could be like, oh, they passed on them, and you know, they it was the last pick of the draft. They weren't. They still don't even get credit for that. Mm-mm. People just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like, you know, he ba- barely didn't even get drafted. Like mm-hmm. they weren't really looking at him or whatever. They don't even get credit for that. No. It's crazy. Which is incredible. Quick they to point made out the pick. They didn't have to make the pick. They was like, "Hey, let's secure this guy." Quick to point out that Kyle Shanahan drafted a Michigan kicker in the third round, but just ignore the fact he drafted the franchise quarterback, or they drafted the franchise quarterback in the last round. Hey, and look to that point. I on in the game against the Packers last Saturday, Moody misses the first kick. People are like, "We all knew he was going to miss that kick." Um, he should be cut. You should be looking for a new kicker. You've got to uh, run your offense and do things like you, you can't settle for a field goal with a guy like that. And I said, well, no, you can't coach like that. If he's on your roster and he's your kicker, you have to coach with the confidence that if we get to a certain spot, he's going to make the kick. If you don't feel that way, he should have already been cut. But since he's on the team and he's your kicker, mm-hmm. that's how you got to do it. Well, after he missed the first one yesterday, I said, Kyle's just going to have to be in four-down territory all game. I don't well, want to see this guy out here well, anymore. And, you know, I've been the last person to be like, this guy's going to ruin your season. Da, da, da. I had had it at that point. When he missed that one, I said, okay, now I'm at my wits in. Four-down territory. Kyle didn't do that. Out of the first half, when I thought it should have been four-down territory, and maybe if it was fourth and two or something like that, maybe he would have – you know, went accordingly. But it was fourth and eight. It was a 50-yard, I don't know. He said, we're kicking a field goal. This is what we're doing. I've got to show confidence in my kicker that if we get to a field goal range, 
hey, confidence is half the battle. He's got to know that I believe he can make these kicks. He did. He made two big kicks in the second half. And that's the, the complete opposite opposite side of Dan Campbell, who didn't show confidence in his kicker and went for it on fourth down two different times. And I don't know if he didn't have confidence or he was just being a gunslinger of a coach. But I think the way he handled that situation cost them that game. Uh, 916-909-1320. Let's get to our man, Phil. Phil, what's going on, baby? Hey, what's going on, y'all? What up, Phil? What up, what up? Hey, so I got a good comparison to who KD is with a rapper. Okay. Kevin Durant, right, okay. So, yeah, so he's the game. The game needed Dr. Dre and Eminem to go platinum. Then after he left, Dr. Dre and Eminem started beef with everybody, just like KD did on Twitter. And he hasn't really been back to the championship since. First of all, very good analogy. Very, very creative. I see you working. That's, that's a good one. I disagree. Kevin Durant is way better uh, at basketball than the game is as a as a top flight rapper. I don't but hate that it was though. Very creative. That <laughs> I was, don't he, hate he it. He did tie it up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was some good stuff. His logic is spot on. <laughs> like he did not miss. His logic now, is spot on. Now where he missed a little bit was KD was KD before he got to the Warriors. The game was not the game before he got with Fifty and Dre. He was. It felt like it amplified a little bit with the Warriors and then yeah, coming yeah. out of the Warriors. But, but you're it's right. Like, it's it's almost like in that analogy, it's as if KD was drafted by those Steph Curry uh, Warriors mm-hmm. and won those titles there and then went off to do his own thing because that was, that was Game's debut album, the documentary. That's right. You yep. know what I mean? So it would be as if he drafted. Game had a whole career, or excuse me, KD had a whole career before he went to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So, but I see, I like it though. I like it. I disagree, but I like it. No, he's working. Yeah, he's working. Is Kyrie the game? Started not didn't start out with Bron. Bron got there soon after. Got titles. Haven't been really heard from since. Nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. How much did Bron elevate Kyrie? Like if Bron doesn't go back. Is Kyrie still held in the regard that he he is? And he's held very highly in regard around the league mm-hmm. as a player, mm-hmm. talking about players. I think there's still a number of fans that that love Kyrie. Obviously, you know, he's dealing with some struggles right now as he's not on the floor. But how much did LeBron elevate him? I mean uh, or did he not? He he elevate him as much as an MVP candidate can. You know what I'm saying? Like because LeBron got there that sent Kyrie on the fast track to being on a winning franchise. Mm-hmm. His game-wise, like, and what he was able to do on the court and his effectiveness, I feel like Kyrie's – Kyrie But who would that. have cared is more what I'm saying. Right, and that, but but that's like – Or would they have cared? So, like, um, if Kyrie – if they would have built the Cavs – the way they are now, like if Kyrie, say he didn't have LeBron, but he had Donovan Mitchell next to him, a mm-hmm. type like that, mm-hmm. like they would have won, got to the second round, and maybe he would have, you know, he maybe he still would have been looked at as one of the greats. Like Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson got to the finals once, mm-hmm. got to the conference finals once, I think, to, no, twice with Denver. But LeBron elevated the, the, the platform that Kyrie could be on because he's that good of a ball player. 
LeBron is. But as far as talent-wise and what he's able to do on the court, Kyrie was able to do it there. He did it in Boston. He did it in Brooklyn. He did it in Dallas mm-hmm. to a certain degree. So Terrence throws his name in the chat. If he, if LeBron doesn't go there, is he Kemba Walker? Because Kyrie was never a leader either. Like He's not a guy who can lead a team to anything. I will yeah. say that. Kemba yeah, Kimba Walker's not bad. I think a better version of Kemba Walker. But that's not bad. Not bad. Uh, Kings moved up to the fifth spot uh, with this current three-game losing streak, and then you know Dallas is in a slide that Kings lost. They they had a it, they had an insane victory on Friday night that Kenny and I were watching, and I think the. I can't remember where we started following. We had the game on. I can't remember where we started following Luca. I think it was halftime. No, it was oh, before close. half because I remember you 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 used I I I swear you said Luca and and this number might not be right, but this is what I remember in my head. You said, "Yo, Luca has 21 already." Yeah. And I looked up at the screen and Dallas had like 31. Right. So I no, I remember what happened. He went to the line and I peeked over at the screen and I saw at one point he had 21. And then I remember him scoring, remember him scoring, and then he's at the line. And I say to you, I said, I think Luca's probably got like, mm-hmm. he's going for like 30 because mm-hmm. I just saw he had 21, and that was like three baskets ago. Yeah. And then I think you were like. I looked it up. <laughs> you looked it up, and you said, he's got 41. <laughs> <laughs> he's got 41. And then so they they go to halftime and I I you know now we're now we're locked in on this game. Yeah. And I think I think it was Jill at someone tweeted something about book. And I was like, yo, what is I flipped over. I was like, yo, book's got 37 at the half. And so we we wound up watching a good chunk of 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 those two games so much so that when the KSFM show ended, I pulled the Atlanta game up on my phone yeah, to have it. I had it too. Yeah. I, so is the is the new is the thing now eighty or eighty one? Is that what we look for now? Because one hundred is like so outrageous. Yeah. The conversation was is or more more. I think for Luca, that's the one I was following closer. More I think for Luca than 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 Booker. But is he gonna get to? Is he gonna get to eighty? Yeah, I think that's the number. Eighty is the number, especially since we're, I mean, a hundred is so far away. But we've only seen eighty one time. We've seen right. seventy, yeah, a few different times. Now we've now. seen it a couple of times. I've never seen. I I I know David Robinson did it when I was younger. I didn't see it, but I what know was, he did it. I, we talked about it last week. Yeah, Dave mm-hmm. Dame got seventy. Yeah, Damon Book, uh, Damon Donovan. Donovan got seventy. Yeah, I think Close I think to each other. Yeah, I don't remember if Donovan got. 70 or 71 but I think Dame got 71 and I guess the new gimmick is to take the picture with the with the number written on it Luca took a picture yeah I think I think yeah Luca did it Dame did it like they all I guess once you get to 70 that's 70 is a number man. 70 is insane and he finished with 73 and the great part was he looked exhausted (laughs) 73 points he looked exhausted through most of that game Mm -hmm. Look dead to rights in the first quarter versus the Kings, uh, and still just trying to gut out baskets. I mean, he wasn't particularly good versus the Kings, thanks to Keegan Murray. Lockdown. But yo, we're the we we've talked about this from a team perspective, but the scoring in this league 
is absolutely insane right now. This is the second day, the second night in maybe as many weeks. Maybe it was th- maybe it's not two weeks. Maybe it's three weeks mm-hmm. that a guy is scoring seventy, and another guy the same night scored sixty. Mm. That's crazy. Because because remember, Cat in a loss, much yeah. like Book, scored what was it sixty four yeah, on the same night that Joel went for seventy. Yeah. And then we saw Donovan go, or excuse me, we saw uh, Doncic go for seventy three. And Book went for, it was 60-something. I can't remember what. And I think it was in a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost to the Pacers. Um, did you catch what Stephen A. had to say on Saturday? I Yeah, I saw that clip circulating. He basically talked about About how, defense. Yeah, about the defense. And he said just in general, but especially that Hawks game on Friday, the defense was atrocious by Atlanta. They mm-hmm. said it's just the way it's been in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he's actually right. And this takes nothing away from Luka or Devin Booker or any of these guys scoring 70 points. But the the defense in the regular season seems to be at an all-time low. Yeah, it's bad. Like it, And you combine that with the poor refereeing. Did the Kings break the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> did the, the twenty Kings break break defense? Yeah, did the twenty three <laughs> Kings break defense in the NBA? Yeah, it's just it's bad, and it's getting. I don't want to say it's getting to the point for me where it's not enjoyable, but I could, I could see. I don't really like watching the All Star games. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember like the the Hawks Pacers game from earlier in the season. That game, they had moments of like this isn't that much fun like nobody's really trying on the defensive end and just seeing people go down the court and score and get to the bucket at will um they, i would like to see these guys try a little bit more on the defensive end or like i said the refs they just you breathe on some of these guys and it's a foul how, how the much of it is just the players now are a lot better because I mean, we've pulled up the Dr. J highlights from the 80s. No one was playing a lick of defense back then in those highlights. Like the, the, the Hawks, the Mavs thing, like you can pull up that from anywhere. Where no one's playing defense. Like yeah. how much of it is just it's an offensive game now? Just, everyone's just a lot better. Now we got three-point lines and all that stuff compared to what you did in the 90s and stuff. But just, I think the game's a lot different too. Play, it definitely plays a factor. I just, it's I faster. Just, I think the game's faster. It's, it's it definitely faster. More opportunities, maybe more possessions. But I just see too many times where these guys, they just – Walsing. Did it's you like, see you, the end of Atlanta and Toronto? Uh, Scotty Barnes with the steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just went back and forth yeah. with. It was like, oh, go ahead, basket, go ahead, basket, go ahead, basket, go ahead, basket, until there was no time left. Right. Yeah, I. I think it's a combination of all that stuff. I think the players are better. Number one, I think um, defense is non-existent. I think once again, I think the refereeing is. It it's doesn't bad. have to be yeah, like. You know, you arch rivals that old video game. We don't have to be like huh? that, but I mean, you th- these guys. Number one, they play the refs like a fiddle, and number two, they they just get all these calls all the time where they can just fly all over the place, get a call, and get to the line. Like it's, I want to see it a little bit better. It doesn't have to be drastically better, but I want to see it a little bit better. The Kings last year averaged like 120 points per game, mm-hmm. I think it was. This year, the Pacers, Bucks, Thunder, Celtics, and Hawks are all averaging 120 points per game. Mm. And Philadelphia is averaging 119.5. Damn. Wow. 
that's pretty <laughs> again one team did it last year they right. were the first to do it now there's and one again one of them's Atlanta who's 19 and 27 I mean you got Boston at the top of the conference Oklahoma City at the top of the conference uh Milwaukee at the top of the conference you know Indiana's a you know whatever they are the p- p- playoff playing you know they're 27 and 20 they're top 6 now yeah that's fine yeah. now you're you got all these teams averaging 120, and then you got Atlanta, who's just like, out of the hell with it. Let's <laughs> get some shots up. Atlanta's in the play-in. Are they really? Yeah, Brooklyn. I repeat. I repeat. Oh. Michael I Bridges, repeat, come to sack. I repeat, Atlanta is 19 and 27, and they're in the play-in. Yeah, they're in the play-in. I sure hope I see some loud columns about the East being trash, mm. the way y'all did the West for – Five years. I hope y'all do the same thing out there. For reference, uh, the Jazz, the Hawks are the ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jazz are the ten in the West. They are twenty four and twenty three. Twenty four and twenty three, and nineteen and twenty seven. Mm. Memphis is eighteen and twenty eight. That's like the closest thing to Atlanta. They're wow. They're five and a half games out of ten. In the West. Any guesses on the lowest scoring team in the league? Oh, oh this is Detroit. A good well, that's, a good, that's a good answer. It is not Detroit. Okay. Detroit is averaging 112.4 points per game. That looks to be is 20-something. Is it Cleveland? Cleveland. It is not, Sp- though without counting, Cleveland is in the bottom half. Spurs feel like a team who doesn't score, who don't score. The San Antonio Spurs are near the bottom at 112.9. The bottom three teams in the league. I don't know why I'd expect you to know this, by the way. This was a stupid-ass question. but <laughs> It's a good question. Throw some music behind it. We'll turn it into a segment, pal. <laughs> Worst teams in the league. The Charlotte Hornets are at 108.9 points per game with a point differential of minus 11.6. The Portland Trailblazers. (laughs) My music go. The Portland Trailblazers are at 107.8. They have a point differential of negative 9.2. Yikes. And oddly enough, with a point differential of negative 5.0, the worst scoring team in the league will take on the Sacramento Kings tonight. Oh, boy. At 107.8 points per game, the Memphis Grizzlies give up 112.8 points per game, and the Sacramento Kings are currently averaging 118 points. Point seven. I want to take a quick peek because that number sounded familiar. Close. Crazy. Golden State finished behind Sacramento last year, averaging 118.9 points per game. Mm. And the Kings averaged 119, 120? Last season? Yeah. The Kings averaged 120.7 points per game last season. Uh, the closest to Golden State was again Atlanta at 118.4, and then you had a series of teams at 117, including the Celtics, uh, Thunder, and Lakers. Mm. Yeah. Do the Kings hold them to their scoring average today, or are they going above that? Uh, what is it? 107.8. 107. 
I think they'll go above that. I think they will too. I think the Kings will win, but I think they'll go above now that. this has me looking at now because the Kings low key are starting to, and when we talk about them like playing good basketball and stuff like that, mm-hmm. very quietly they're getting into Pacers land. Yeah, you think what happens like Mike? We're tired of playing defense. Let us get buckets and we'll be fine. <laughs> They're starting to get buckets, which means they're giving up buckets. And these games are like, they're winning them, but they're like 132, 120 or something like that. Yeah, Kings are back. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm they talking may very about. Well be. Let's yeah. go. Let's get yeah. the 176 to 175s back out there. There are currently four players averaging uh, 30 plus points per game. Joel Embiid with a stunning 36 points per game. Luka, 34.4. Shea, 31.1. Giannis, 31.1. Then you have, again, this is amazing. Book at 28.6. And Kevin Durant at 28.5. Wow. That is probably the gift and the curse of the Phoenix Suns right there, not to steal your line. Uh, and then you've got uh, it is, but still, I give you credit. Uh, and then you got Donovan and De'Aaron at twenty-seven point seven. De'Aaron still top ten. Was that eight or nine that you said? De'Aaron, I guess, technically would be tied for seventh. Oh. Him and Donovan have the same number at twenty-seven point seven. Okay. The the fact that Book and Durant are five and six is ridiculous. Mm. Just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Took a tough loss uh, yesterday. They've taken a couple. Yeah, yeah they've taken a couple. Slowed down a little bit. They were they were playing, and I, and I don't think they're going to go down into the doldrums now. But they were playing, you know, they're playing hot ba- hot basketball. You know, they're feeling good yeah, about themselves. Absolutely, now things will, I think, balance out a little bit. I, I do. So think who they'll are be they? Top six. I think they're. I think they're okay. top sixteen. Okay. I think it's going to really. Well, I know down. the Kings are top five. No, <laughs> You know how that goes. I'm just going to glance over here at leading rebounders. Oh, look at this. Oh, it's a Snickers bar. Empty, empty rebounds? Is that 12, what it is? 12 point, maybe he's getting yeah. those floor rebounds that hey, Russell Westbrook used to get. Hey, you know you know what he called him today? Shout out Vontae, man. You know what he called him today? He says the bonus was Troy Murphy. <laughs> stop, bro. Stop. 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 That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> hey, by the way, before we uh get out of here and talk about basketball, do we you want to talk about what happened Saturday night? We're what happened Saturday night. You know about the Clippers? The Royals happened twice all season. I don't care about that. I mean, that was nasty though. That's fine. Happens to everyone. I thought that's why Jesse was ignoring us, to be honest. The Celtics no, you're not going to get me mad about just, a Celtics regular season loss. Like, season don't start to late, hey, bro. Hey. I don't know. I texted with Kenny all weekend. I didn't hear from Jesse. No. I, I acknowledged why I had the group on mute. Mm. We, we didn't hear from him. And that might have been a finals preview. Hey, Clippers might go, man. Clippers are cooking. Two Clippers best teams in basketball right there. Yeah, the Clippers are cooking. Um, we'll come back. The Super Bowl is set. We'll talk more Kings basketball. Remember, James is going to join us at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. We'll talk a little bit about uh, that uh, Grizzlies game as well. The Kings' second trip to Memphis. Yep. Um, second and final trip, I think. But the San Francisco 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. The Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Can we talk a little bit about the other side? Because that was crazy. Yeah. That yeah, was crazy. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Mm. Um, tough look for my guy. Might need to have a belt conversation too, maybe. Oh. Well, Ooh. 
when we return. Roman Reigns uh, run here. Dealing with KC, brought to you by Sky River Casino and Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Back at it here on this glorious, wonderful, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Dealing with KC, ESPN 1320. Man, Jesse, I, bro, I, like I said, I can't get over what happened. After the game last night, I was just – I didn't know which way to go. I had people I had to FaceTime. I had people I had to call. I wanted to watch post games. I wanted to watch like all the little network highlights. And I didn't know which way to go. I went. There was podcasts I wanted to listen to. I wanted to listen to the streets in Detroit. I wanted to listen to Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal. I didn't know which way to go. I, I wanted to rewatch the game. I didn't know which way to go. I just went to sleep. I, I, I did, there were so many things I wanted to do, and I didn't know which way I wanted to. I said, ah, I'm going to just go to sleep. My favorite thing to do, like, after your team wins, go to the opposing fans. Like, go to their team's, their team's account. Yeah, you know, you got to check that out. You know, you got to check. And they had that. They had the. And I hate to do this because I don't have no issue with the Lions. As a matter of fact, shout out to my man Will, one of the biggest Lions fans mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man Coach Chris, also one of the biggest Lions fans I know. I got, I got nothing but love and respect for that team. I think they'll still be around. Um, much respect, but I did, I did kind of love the, the the clip of Ford Field after Elijah Mitchell's touchdown. Boy, boy, it's the best. Boy, like I said in the tweet, you can hear a rat pissing on cotton in well, Ford Field. No. It was uh, it was quiet as hell. The, the misery of your opposing like rival or whoever you're playing is just that's top tier. Y'all got to stop crying on TV, too. Who? Oh, oh no. they caught someone. Oh, the fans? Yeah, yeah. they caught yeah, someone man. who, like, was ugly oh, crying. Man. That was tough. Like, at least my man at the Bills just had a moment when Bar- no, he just, like, worse. broke. No, it wasn't. His was, his was bad. Well, he was, his was bad. This was, he you're just, talking about the lady, right? Yeah. yeah she, well. she, she did the whole, like, what is it? Like her body was just like uh, convulsed. Like, oh, young lady. Hey, hey, shout oh. out to Lions fans too, though. They was in the building in Levi's. It was in the building. There was, was a lot, lot of blue of, out there. Oh, yeah, they were. It was blue, man. Boy, I was like, man, it's, I, I thought that right out the gate on that. T- I was like, it was loud. really loud in there. Yeah, it was loud. And then they showed the, you know, they showed the view, and it's like, okay, that's a decent amount of blue yeah. in there. And all oh, the broadcast was eating it up. Eminem buffer music, <laughs> Barry Sanders rejoiner packages. Yeah, oh, they were they were loving it. Yeah, they and was then, out there. And then the and then the and then the faithful uh took over in the second half oh, and that man. you know the, I was telling I was the Crips telling, got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Kyle they had the moment on the broadcast. He couldn't see it because he was he was at the game. Mm-hmm. But on the broadcast, after they tied it up at twenty four. They came back from commercial for the kickoff, but they came back like, I don't know. I wouldn't even say early. Usually they fill that up with somebody talking or a replay Mm -hmm. or a stat or something like that. But great job to the production team and the announcers where they just came back and they did crowd shots and crowd audio. And that place was going bananas, Mm. bananas. It was about 10 seconds of just looking at the crowd and they're going nuts as – 
They tied it at 24, and there was like five minutes to go in the third quarter. I said, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it, man. Couldn't believe it. Since we're we're talking about atmospheres, is the can we stop talking about Patrick Mahomes playing on the road? Hey, man, he did that. Is that over? He did we, that. We, we good? Yeah, man. It's okay. one of the goats right there. Yeah. Is it, do, 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 do great quarterbacks just be great regardless of where they play? Can well, we just – well, once it, well, hold on, hold on, no, hold on, no, because he was already great. So I'm saying he was already that. See, nobody, I'm but, but nobody was disputing that. No, no, but you, no, no, they, no, they were no. setting it up. If he no, lost on the divisional, do that. If he lost to, yeah. in the divisional round to Buffalo or whatever, they were going to tear Mahomes down. They, they were they, setting it up perfectly. They, they were, they were. But I don't think anybody was going to take away his greatness. Oh, oh no, man. I think. Well, well, well no, they weren't going to take case. away. They were, they were ready. Oh, can Patrick Mahomes win? Win on the road? Can, can, do, do 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 yeah. they have to be like no that's the, well, no he's a it, great quarterback it's part of the conversation no it's not, I think two things nah, could be true here not part of the he would he would have been a top quarterback but they would have been like well we don't know he can't win on the road like how much is it like is it he's great great at home but not on the road they were ready to tear him but down. it's all relative right like it was it was not if that like we would not we'll never know but if that were to happen it was like a comparison of two other people. In the history of the game, like that's what it would would have been. It would have been like, all right, Mahomes is great, and he's a Hall of Famer. But damn, Brady got it done on the road. Montana got it done on the road, and that's it. They it would. Silly. I don't think they would ever be like, oh, Mahomes didn't win. Is he better than Jalen Hurts? Like, no, 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 no. no. That, that wouldn't have been the case. Well, and they would have brought him the, back down to earth. I think they would yeah, have said, the, "Is he maybe on this level more than not?" The way this sports media is, that absolutely would have happened. Maybe it wouldn't have been Jalen Hurts. Maybe it would have been Josh Allen. Brian maybe. Clark was just held against his will, talking about Brock Purdy that's, for a whole season. That's fact. He was held against his will. It was the hardest thing he ever had to do. <laughs> now this gonna be the hardest thing I think I ever have to do. He said the single hardest thing I had to do in the year twenty twenty three. All right, Eric Armstead said, "The single hardest thing I have to do in my life is crazy." Twenty twenty three, we all pay bills. All right, we got got to go to the doctors. He said, "The single (laughs) hardest thing I had to do was talking about Brock Purdy being good at football." Come on, dog. Come on, Ryan. That's wild. But um, yeah, whatever, whatever we thought the conversation might have been, that's ain't no conversation. That's dead. He the goat. Yeah, dude, it's incredible. He's he's in the conversation for me. Like LeBron, mm-hmm. where I've said a number of different times, I think we might have started off the show talking like this, like uh, when we started the show for like the first episode. I said LeBron don't have to get six rings to be better than, or seven rings to be better than Jordan. Mm-hmm. I said give mm-hmm. me, give me a cool four, and we can start having the conversation. And we have the conversation. Mahomes doesn't have to get seven or eight rings to be better than Tom Brady. You're giving that to him now, though. You're saying he's better than Brady now, or no? Because what if Jordan? Because Aldrin threw it in the chat too. What if Jordan beat Braun a couple of times before he went left? Wait, what? What? What did? Well, what did Aldrin Brady, say? Because Brady beat Mahomes. So what yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, maybe, maybe I spoke in hyperbole yesterday when I tweeted. I said he's the goat. For me, maybe he's he, not the goat, but I, he's, he's on his way. Six like, straight it, it NFC feels championships. It feels inevitable. He can, he can get one more Super Bowl. Not this one. Another one no. down the road. But he can get one more, have three Super Bowls. For me, he's already the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. But I think he does. You do need more accolades, I think, to for me to put you yeah, above yeah, Brady. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, accolades can't mean nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, 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 he, they can't be. I, I think he, he needs one more. Once again, get to another one. Don't do it here. I'll tell you that. But get one more. But give you three. It give you give you three with what's my math? Five appearances, five or six appearances. Well, because he because he ain't gonna win this one. So, so that so we put him at five or six appearances. I'm gonna say he's got to win at least four for me to be like like actually be like yeah he's better than Brady. So accolades wise, is this a better measurement? Because this actually Ken Rudolph like loves loves him some Joe Montana. Mm. And he tweeted Smart something guy. that that got my attention. But he is of the belief, and it's not a conversation, that Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't agree with that. And I had some fun with him, and he ignored me. So he <laughs> he, he really does not like when I challenge that take. <laughs> but I what did you say? Uh, I think I just tweeted one of those like curb your enthusiasm gifts. Was like eh. eh. <laughs> And then, of course, our friend at WCW got involved and started tweeting gifts of Patrick Mahomes because he, he he loves Patrick Mahomes. But there was a number that stood out because we talk about Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Whether it's Joe Montana being four and zero, and or it's or it's or it's Brady having you know a hundred or however many he has. If you're first team All Pro, that is a distinction that you are the best quarterback in the league, regardless of what everyone else on your team is doing regardless of whether you win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl, or anything like that. And Tom, I think, had, excuse me, um, Joe Montana, I believe, had four. Mm-hmm. Brady, Brady has three. Patrick Mahomes already has two. Mm. I, and this is first team. I'm talking just first team. I'm, I haven't looked at anything else. I think that's a uh I, I I don't I don't know. I think I'm framing this more as a, a question. How do you guys feel about that as a measurement? Because we used it for the was it the, the tackle tight, position the when we were talking about tackle. Trent Williams and then we found Anthony Munoz and was like, Well, that's the end of that conversation. Right. Um But is that a, a a fair measurement of the best player at a position? It is, but also in a way, how much of Brady not winning it every year is like the LeBron fatigue of not winning MVP or like Jordan. Like Jordan's. I don't like think that, that holds true for All Pro. Yeah, I don't feel like that's a thing so that's for like, All Pro. That's like All NBA. Like LeBron always makes All NBA. That's true. More spots I, though, I guess, but because like Brady, like he only has three first first um first teams, but it's like we know what it was. But no, it's it's it it could but, mean that Peyton Manning was the best quarterback in the league right, that year. Right. Like are we are we sure? Like and I. Like, I don't know how many Peyton had. I was gonna say I will not argue against. I see your point, but also Brady had more competition back then, as far as the guys. He was competing about six different Hall of Famers in in the league at that time. More competition than who? Mahomes now. Like he's not going up against a Peyton Manning type or, um, like um, like a not even a Phil Rivers, like a Ben, like you know the Ben Roethlisberger, like those Hall of Fame types or whatever. And those aren't those aren't those aren't the two best names to use, but like the Mannings and those guys. Like there isn't no surefire Hall of Famers out right now. Peyton, seven. Peyton, seven times. Here's the thing with, with I think that. he's how many he's got how many MVPs? Peyton's got five MVPs. Here's here's the thing with 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 this. If Peyton had more um, postseason success, he'd probably be the good, oh, To be honest, man, that's the only thing. That's, that's crazy. The 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 thing with with Tom Brady, and I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but. We all said he was 
We all said he was the a lot of the times during during his career. We all said he was the best quarterback in the game because of who he was, not necessarily because he was Peyton Manning, so to speak, right? Like Peyton would have the numbers. He would have, like, he would kill. But it was like, oh, Brady's the best. You go to numbers, some of those years, he's killing Brady in the, in the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. But we're all just, because he's Tom Brady, and at that point he had three Super Bowls, like, he's the best. He's the best. Mm. Aaron Rodgers will be in that conversation. Aaron Rodgers, mm. there there was a time before a Patrick Mahomes, and you know we, I'm not, you know how we feel about yeah, Aaron Rodgers here. But before, I was like, man, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody play quarterback better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he was in the most talented ever conversation. Aaron Rodgers, like was, four MVPs. Yeah. But, we, but we would never say, or a lot of people would never say, he's better than Brady. Just because Brady is who he is. But Aaron was, he probably was more talented. Well, the thing with like Mahomes too is just you need everything though. Brady has everything. Brady has the stats, wins, MVPs, talent, all of that in one. I feel like Mahomes is more talented than Brady. He is. I think he's more talented than Brady. But my thing is like I'm not saying he's better than Brady yet because he needs everything else now. He needs to accumulate all the first all first team all pros, the Super Bowls, MVPs, whatever he needs. Unless he's I'm, on his way. I think that's what I think that's what hurt Rogers. He never had those things. Like Rogers won MVP True. once or twice or whatever. Only has one Super Bowl win though. Didn't really win much else. Yeah. Unless I'm missing one, or, or maybe this is someone from a very prior era. I picked the worst way to look at what was this. The, uh, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, the guy that played for the Packers, not Bart Scott, not Bart Starr, but uh, what's his name? Goldie something? I don't know. Some quarterback. <laughs> we talking about like when? Like before, like before Bart Starr, call him Goldie, the great quarterback. He, I forgot. His I name. don't know who Goldie is. <laughs> Just call him Goldman Sachs, I guess. As a company, I know that. Pey- Peyton, <laughs> Peyton, I think has the most All Pro selections for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most All Pro selections, regardless of any position. Anyone? Jerry Rice, Jim Otto at center. Let's see there they go. And Jerry Rice at Jerry Rice at wide receiver. Jerry. Jerry Rice. Each had, they both have 10. Jerry Rice is the best football player of all time. Is he better than Lawrence Taylor? I'm just yes. creating conversation right now. Yes, I think a lot of people will say Lawrence Taylor. Because that's the other the side, list. I think. LT. Lord, LT right. is at eight. But Jerry Rice is the best football player to ever play. What, what's crazy, man, All these. this is crazy because all these brothers played at the same time. Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Bruce Smith all have eight Pro Bowl, uh, eight all-pro first-team selections. Jeez. Football was better back then. That's not. This is. This is not. That. that uh, <laughs> I mean, Otto Graham have. That's probably the question. The great Otto Graham. Trying to see. <laughs> that must be who you were talking about. Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, Sammy Ball, <laughs> Dan Marino had. See, those aren't first team. Those are giving me. Well, it doesn't matter. But that was a number that got my attention. Uh, I don't know if I said this out loud. I did look it up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has four, mm. four MVPs and four All Pro selections. Going uh, back to Brady, going back to Brady real quick too. Um, this is a fun little exercise. If you cut like his career like in half, or like just do two separate like half, like he played twenty years, right, or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you do first ten years, second ten years, and just those are his careers. Whatever, they're both Hall of Fame careers. That's Kobe eight and Kobe twenty four. Yeah. The numbers were almost identical. Yeah, yeah. But Tom Brady. 
I think I think he's the best. I think he's better than Joe. Um, I think he's better than think, Joe Montana too. I think um, I think Mahomes is is he's on his way. Mahomes going, and that and that's the thing. We don't have to declare Patrick Mahomes the greatest of all time today. Yeah, but you can stay. You can say and make an argument that Patrick Mahomes is is on a trajectory to be the greatest quarterback. Because if anything, we're in the middle. We're in the, the, in the middle, but the beginning of his Brady run right now. Yeah. Because like we didn't know we were in the Brady run or whatever till the end of it. Yeah. Like the dude's just dominating right now. That game yesterday in Baltimore. He like has the best qualities of Brady and Peyton, it feels like. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean no, to interrupt you, but he's got he's put together. Because Peyton was the I mean, I know Brady did it with uh Randy Moss that year, but like it felt like Peyton was throwing for 47, 48, 49, 50 touchdowns like every year. Mm-hmm. He, he's got the athleticism those guys don't have either where he can make it, make moves like with his legs and stuff like that. Yeah. He's just the most complete quarterback I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah for sure. That that game yesterday, um, I was about that game. I was hyped. The Chiefs-Ravens? Yeah, Chiefs-Ravens. I wanted to see that. I've been, I've been waiting since, since they came in the league to see. Were you disappointed Mahomes. in how the game played out? Um... I didn't enjoy the game a lot. Uh, I think partly because I was pissed about the fumble. At the yeah, end that, I mean, I guess I was going not for mad the like an investment, mad like. Yeah, I, I, I guess I was. I didn't really have a dog in a fight. I like the Ravens the more than I like. Again. Well, there we go. Again. I like the Ravens more than I like the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like Lamar and all this other stuff. But uh, so I guess I was thinking about it that way, but. I thought it was, you know, it started off with a bang. I thought I thought the Chiefs, I was so impressed with how the Chiefs came out to play that game. I thought they were mm-hmm. laser focused, and it was one of those things where Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey was like, I need all of your guys' attention and focus to win this game. Mm-hmm. They were so locked in on the task at hand, especially in that first half. And that's literally what won them the game. I mean, mm-hmm. they, I didn't even realize until I looked later. They didn't even score in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were so locked in out of the gates. I was so impressed by that. And it, it had the fight. It had the feel of a big, big-time fight from the start. And, man, Lamar, whew, it's tough, bro. It's tough. And this is part of the reason I hated the way that that game went is because the narrative around Lamar was going to be the same. Like it's going to be the same that it's been for you. Dude's about to collect, and you know this ceremony is going to feel a lot different. But he's about to collect his second MVP award. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who there are people who will still try to convince you today that he's not a quarterback. Forget the fact that he also led the league in passing touchdowns once. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's not. He's 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 not what you consider a quarterback. And like I looked up. Uh, when when we when we took over for the insiders and James always has it on like a first take rerun, and the the headline was, will Lamar be the next quarterback to not win and the next great quarterback to not win a Super Bowl? And it's like, all right, you're podding. Lamar Jackson is 27 freaking years old. We doing this? If Lamar was 37, it was fine. Lamar's 27 years old, and that's the narrative around him. That's the narrative you want to create around him because you've already created one, and it's that he's not that he's an exceptional quarterback with a unique skill that not a lot of guys have. It's that he's 
he's a different kind of quarterback, and you have to have a really specific offense and a really specific coach and really specific teammates, or it's just going to fail and it's not going to work. Somehow everything that went wrong yesterday is going to be his fault. Now, he made some mistakes, and sometimes one mistake is one too many. And I just I, I hate the conversation around this dude because he is one of the game's elite quarterbacks, like top of the tier. Like he's behind Patrick Mahomes, and there's an argument he's not behind anyone else. Yeah. But no one's going to talk about him like that. It's a that garbage today. way to talk about quarterbacks because it's like you throw it back or whatever. We're talking about Brady and Manning and stuff. There's the stats. It was like for 20 years, it was either Brady, Manning, and I think maybe two times it was Ben Roethlisberger in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of great quarterbacks in that era who did not win Super Bowls or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not saying Lamar's never going to, but there's different conversations you can have. It's almost like those guys that play with Jordan. You know, those, those all the Charles Barkley's, the Patrick Ewing's, yeah. uh, Clyde Drexler, who, who played in the era with the greatest of all time, the the single greatest of all time, and just weren't able to, to beat the, the best to ever do it. Um, yesterday, I thought that the Ravens, and this is, this is where I do get into coaching a little bit, a little bit. I thought the, the Ravens coaching – performance was not good Mm. I didn't think that team was focused Mm. I didn't think that they were ready to play necessarily they were too busy trying to get you know shots in on Mahomes and be the big bag bullies and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. that it cost them you know 15 yards every time you turned around yeah stupid and it and I put that on on the coaching staff because the second and I only do that to a certain degree because they're individuals. There's only so much that a coach can do, mm-hmm. right? Like even if it, even if he's like, "Hey, do that again," and you're coming out. If it's your best defensive lineman, he's not going to take him out of the game forever. Like you got to live with some of it, but you got to have those. You got to stay focused for the task at hand. The thing that I said about Kansas City, about how Andy Reid and Mahomes and Travis Kelsey had every single one of those guys focused on the task at hand solely that's what John Harbaugh and his crew did not do they were worried about some other stuff even down to the um the play with Roquan Smith at the end of the game Mm -hmm. where it was a smart tactical move to take the penalty to reset the downs but somebody's got to tell them hey you can't blow them up Mm -hmm. it's going to be 15 yards and too many times. I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I think they had four or five personal foul four. penalties in that game. Yeah, four. And that's before we talk about the turnovers. So I I, I, I put that one uh, a little bit on John Harbaugh and his coaching staff. Eight penalties for 95 yards in that game for Baltimore. Um, it also doesn't help that the second leading receiver for the Ravens had 39 yards. Patrick Mahomes himself, or excuse me, Lamar Jackson himself, had a reception for 13 yards. Mm. Damn, was that? Um, did you guys see? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get chatty house, but was that um, uh, Odell Beckham's dad tweet? Was that real? Did you see that? I have not seen that tweet. I I looked at the account. It looked like it was. I, I don't know if it was his account or not, but. Basically, what did the tweet say? Blaming Lamar. Oh. And I said, wait a minute. It was like free OBJ or whatever. 
I didn't, I don't think it was just cause I can't imagine him saying something like that, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All I saw from Odell last night was him consoling everybody. Yeah. Here that it was- is. I mean, so I, 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 like I said, I don't know. There's a lot of people talking about it. It's from Odell Beckham senior. I don't think it was real. Hmm. I see the tweet, but I, I don't think it was real. Parents got to stop tweeting, bro. Yeah. Honestly. Just, these football parents are Delivery out of Delivery Joe said it was it said parody on it, so that's good. I was like, ah, that can't be real. Can we go back to watching your kids and cheering for them? No. Well, you can't watch I'm, them because. I'm talking crazy. Because no, the NFL's <laughs> cooking the books again. Uh-oh. 49ers-Lions tops 56 million viewers. This can't be real, Kenny. Can't be. I'm going to figure out what they're doing. I'm going to figure it out. The most on Fox for that round since 2012. Those numbers project to rank as the fourth most non-Super Bowl telecast in network history. Here's the one thing. Real quick. Mm -hmm. Once again, that number was higher than 49ers-Eagles. San Francisco, Philadelphia, nineteen percent. It was a nineteen percent higher. The game's viewership is up nineteen percent from last year's. That's what I'm saying, bro. Here's here's how, what. Well, how much of that view like that viewership went down because Brock got it? Yeah. Here's what I don't think you take into account. This game was close, so it's drawing. It, it may not. It this, so this doesn't say this game drew fifty six point six million viewers. Doesn't say it averaged fifty six point six million viewers. Mm. That means people who weren't watching flipped over, caught wind of what was going on, saw it was close, and could have checked in for the final fifteen minutes or final thirty minute increment or whatever. One of the things that I'm figuring it out as long as we go because what what they say it was the highest. It it was the The highest highest since 2012 for this round, or highest what. See how, see how they no, get the, no, you're, see how they no, the, you're not listening. The words. No, this is literally words. just you. This 56.6 million viewers, the most on Fox <laughs> for an NFC championship since 2012. Knowledge you, Kenny. NFL's a ratings boom. It's a ratings getter. Now they're doing something fishy. For all of these people who claim to tune out because of Colin Kaepernick or Taylor Swift or whatever, man. There seems to be a lot of people watching football. You guys are all talk, all of you, <laughs> and you know it too. The NFC game drew looks like fifty three point twelve million. Oh, I'm sorry, that's I'm sorry, that's last year's. Last year's AFC Championship drew an average of fifty three point twelve million. Um, the Eagles Forty Niners averaged forty seven point five million, mm. and of course that game was over. There was no reason for people to tune into that one. Uh, We'll come back. James Ham joins us here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Hey, I think it was our brother Alfonso mentioned it. We want to do anything about these title belts? So, So let's talk through this because I think we can all agree it's not Lamar, right? Well, yeah, he can't. Lamar's performance wasn't strong enough to carry him into this. No. And if we need someone to carry it into the Super Bowl, I feel like that's Mahomes. I'm with that. I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. Be Mahomes. And hey, but whoever comes out of the Super Bowl. Thank you. That's the belt. I'm with Kenny. There's a, there's a belt 
holder to be to be named. It could still be Mahomes, but the belt is on the line come Super Bowl time. Found a way to get to WrestleMania one way or the other. You two want to vacate the title, don't you? That's what you two guys want What are you do. talking about? We just you, said we're putting it on Mahomes leading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah it's Mahomes' belt right We've now. We've learned yeah, from yeah, our yeah. mistakes. But no more TNA over here. No more six-sided ring over here. No more ring of honor. We've learned. It's on the line, though. It's on the line. It's got to be. CMC's there. Purdy's there. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is there. Mm-hmm. So who's who? Ladies and gentlemen, and new champion. Mahomes. All right, Patrick Mahomes. You can put it on Purdy or CMC if you want. I was thinking about it. You guys do what you want. I was mostly I was, talking through it. I'm putting was, it on Mahomes for right now. I think no, I'm going to put it on Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's more dramatic if, if Brock takes it from Mahomes. That's why I'm putting it on Mahomes. See, that's the thing. Is we sure it's going to be Brock taking it on Sunday? Well, not Sunday, but when it is. I'm thinking CMC. What's you guys' first thoughts to this game? I think Chiefs, that- are, Chiefs are playing – the best football of their season so far, but if I had to make a pick right now, it'd be the 49ers just because I think they're the better team overall. So I, I said mm-hmm. this. I was at the barbershop. Shout out to my guy, Steve Jordan, you know, uh, barbershop. Yeah, Jones. can we talk about something for a second? Wow. Oh, your video was all over the internet. What video? What just, uh, just, just, uh, just your dance. Oh, you know, and your, and yeah, yeah. were you wearing a do-rag? And if so, Why? I wear a do-rag from time to time. Sometimes I'll be just working keep out your head warm? It's just how it be, you know? You just throw it on there. I like the look. Do-rag KC. Yeah. All right. Or sometimes if I haven't shaved my head, uh, uh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, the streets you. ain't going to be seeing that. Got you. Yeah. But you had a be beanie on. Does yours grow out like Kenny Smith? Yeah, it grows out like, yeah, everybody. It's, 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 all, it's not a good look if I let it grow out. It's not a good look. So yeah, we and I'm like like you like nobody would probably even see. But if it's like more than a day, I'd be like, nah, nah, bro. Like we shaving this. I shave every other day. Mm. But uh but you know, but even if I didn't, I like the look, man. You know the throw the do rag on, you know? But you had the beanie over the do rag. Well that also makes the uh beanie fit like easier, take on and off, uh, as opposed to like, you know, it's just easier. Okay. Slides on and off. All right. But. It's an eventful video. I just was noticing everything that was happening around uh, me. A little, little staple center out there. A little crypto.com arena. You know what I mean? And that's not little crypto. I don't know what you're talking about with that. Stop with that nonsense. With this game, real quick, too, I have questions I think I need you to answer, Kenny. Okay. With the Niners. Okay. So, call what it is. They have not played, like, good, great football against the Packers or the Lions. Right. All right. First game, Packers, Shanahan didn't look great. Lions game didn't look great either. Mm. Kenny also sent out a tweet. It's back-to-back games. Can't believe it. I didn't like that. I didn't like the way. And and mainly, I guess right now I'm stuck on this shotgun versus under center situation. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the shotgun entirely too much. Because I also think if you're trying to, with him, if you're trying to run the ball, I think it's more effective under center. I don't like the gun run for him. So the numbers may bear out. Nick Wagner may show that he was in the gun and under center the same percentages in the playoffs as he was in the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's just something that is catching my eye right now that I'm not a fan of. And another thing, too, um, like this team, I don't think – like another reason why I'm leaning towards them right now is because I do think they'll pick it up come Super Bowl time, but I don't think they can start off – Like I don't think they can play how they did against the Packers and the Lions and expect to come back again against the Chiefs. Like, you're going to need to play your top game, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have to play your top game for sure. Um, when I was at the barbershop, my man Steve Jordan, he asked me, he said, uh, 
And I wasn't getting a haircut, by the way. That was Reese getting a haircut. But he asked me, he said, you Niner fan, he's like, yo, who you want to play? I said, man, I don't even really know, to be honest with you. He's like, hey, man, I'm be real with you. I don't want to see Lamar. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to see Lamar. And I get that thinking. Like, I get that. Like, Lamar is, I don't care what happened. Yes, Lamar is just special and he's different, right? Not that Mahomes isn't, but Lamar is just a different type of, just different. I'm not saying mm-hmm. better or nothing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, I feel you. I don't think I want to see Lamar either. But I said, I was like, but if that means they're playing the Chiefs, that means they did something pretty impressive going into Baltimore and getting that win. And I don't know how it looks, but them being able to do that and being a champion, I can't I can't sneeze on Lamar. So I the, the correct answer is it doesn't matter. You're gonna have issues either way. Mm-hmm. Um but I feel good about the game. I do feel good about the game. You think they're gonna finally pick it up? Because I mean, like they've won, but they have not uh, looked good. I do. I do. I think they'll I think they'll play a little little quicker. Um, it gets started a little quicker. I know Kansas City uh, runs the ball pretty good with Pacheco, but I don't see them. I don't see them gashing the the Forty ers in the run game the way the Lions did. That was almost absurd. Would they have like 138 yards at the half, and half yeah. or something like I that? I know Casey does a good job with that for sure. But and they they can get you. They can they can control the game. They can they can milk the game away that way. But I don't know. I don't see it being like that again. I don't know. I feel I feel good though. I feel confident. It's tough though, man. It's tough. It really is tough. You know how I felt about the the Niners all year, mm-hmm. thinking they were the best team in football. They should win all this other stuff, and that hasn't changed. But I mean, we're here at the Super Bowl. Look at what the Chiefs have done. The Chiefs have gone on the road. And beating Buffalo, they gone on the road and beating Baltimore. They got yeah. the greatest quarterback um, of all time. Eventually, like, am I just gonna be like supremely comfortable with that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I do think the, the Niners will win. I think they got enough. I think they're gonna play better. I think they're gonna step up uh, in that moment. Uh, from Nick Wagner earlier this morning, uh, in NFL history, 114 teams have trailed by 17 plus points at halftime of a playoff game. Only one of those teams was no longer trailing entering the fourth quarter. Mm. The 49ers last night. Mm. Mm. That was a one-of-one performance from San Francisco. And that was the that was the thing, though, like how quick all that happened. It happened in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. 17 points in eight minutes, 27 unanswered. Mm-hmm. And the, like I talked about, I talked about how uh, worried I was and how not confident I was in them being able to get a stop uh, on that Lions offense. They shut them out, essentially, in the second half. They had the one pre-big yeah, defense yeah. touchdown. Yeah. But essentially, they shut them out in the second half. I, when I was out there shooting free throws at the half, you couldn't have told me that was going to happen. <laughs> you couldn't have told me that was going to happen. Wait, did you come back in for the start of the third? Yeah, I was when did you come back in? I came in. Because I, I was – never... And I'm guessing you didn't eat at all. No, no, but that didn't have nothing to do with the game. You know, I was just, I wasn't gonna eat. But uh, I, I, as, as down as I was, there's always an inkling of let me see this through. Let me see what it looks like. Um, and and they've got the ball here. Maybe they can score. Maybe there's a turnover. That come, I don't know. So you know, I'm, I'm I was still tapped in, but the confidence level was 
it was on like 0.5. I have another question, but man, you really have been tweeting a lot. Well, there's a lot of of bookmarks I had to go through and talk to some people. Bro. It was talking crazy. I just. I had to just look. I I love when I just just, uh, hit them with the pictures, man. It was like, ah, Purdy's nothing. This is over for the 49ers. And I hit him with the link to the uh, NFC Championship shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. (laughs) This dude has tweeted or retweeted, God knows, like hundreds of times. It was a busy night. Can you tell me what exactly is happening in this video? (laughs) Talk to me, baby. What is going on in this video? Talk to me, baby. We out here. I'm running around my neighborhood. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me. Is that baby. safe? Talk to me, baby. We out here. Talk to me. Like you live Talk in. Talk to me. <laughs> ah, talk to me. Sir. Talk I... to me. Bro. <laughs> you never just... just get so hyped, you got to get a sprint out or something? Yeah, man. I, I got out the house, man. I was running around the neighborhood. It's like we out here. Either you're well, I guess you have a compound, so you well, probably did no, all that just running. A regular neighborhood didn't even cross a single neighbor. But Forty Niners won in case he was doing the forty yard dash in the yeah. street. Man, <laughs> I don't even know if the game was over. That no, it wasn't because the next video I showed Brock Purdy in the huddle. So yeah, the game wasn't over yet. So you I were? Think they, I think they. You were doing this the before onside. the game? No, you. No, were, it was they, like onside kick. Oh, the next the next one was onside kick. And I had to tell these people, if they didn't see me before, you know what time it is, bro. I'm here. Stop playing with me. So I'm just, I'm just going to throw this up on the screen for the people watching. Hey. Th- so so this, is, this is going back. So we'll scroll back to right about here. There's the, the famous one-stop, one-stop video. <laughs> right? One-stop, one-stop. So just as, as you're watching this, this is Kenny tweeting since the end of the game. Th- these are all Kenny's tweets. <laughs> since the end of the game. And I, I've, I've just, like, I, we're not even close to the end. Like, not even remotely. We got championship shirts. We've got uh, McQueen in the Violet Fog. There's a, there's a middle finger right there. We got celebration videos. Trent Williams. There's Ryan Clark in there somewhere. Oh, Abdel, there's night. one. <laughs> it's a busy night, man. You might need the blue check marks to get paid out from those engagements. <laughs> Man, goodness gracious! Good night, baby. Like I told, I told Jesse, uh, I didn't even know, I didn't know where I was gonna go after they went. I didn't know, man. I had Facetime calls, I had phone calls, I had to get on Twitter, I had to get on Instagram. I wanted to watch post game. I didn't know where I was going. I wanted to watch the game again. I just went to sleep. <laughs> you exa- you were like a child. <laughs> Who just exhausted themselves? I don't know where I didn't. I didn't even know day. which direction I wanted to go. So it was like midnight. I did Sports Sunday, and after that, I was just like, I don't even know. I want a podcast. I want to listen to. Ah, I'm just going to sleep. We need a Casey's list for the Super Bowl. Is well, there a point where we tell Kenny that he didn't actually play in the game? You can't no, that. I'm no, just. No. You saw me uh-uh. in the tunnel, James. Stop playing with me. You saw me just in the tunnel, live that with dream. And, and, uh, <laughs> and Trent. You know what I'm saying? We was getting hyped up. And I was in a linebacker huddle too. I saw okay. you on the sidewalk, walking <laughs> down the side. <laughs> You're listening to D'Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento, 98.5 FM KRX QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, always live on the free Odyssey app, live on 1320 TV, and live with our man, 
James Ham of the Insider, our Kings Insider, of course. Kings take on some version of the Memphis Grizzlies coming up here uh, in a couple hours. We'll get to that game and whoever the hell is on the floor for them. But let's start with this. James, Kings have won three straight. Saturday was a real, like, starter-heavy game. We're seeing these just top-tier performances from Harrison Barnes. Kevin Herter's continuing this little run he's going on. What is going? What happened? Why has there been such a vibe shift with this team uh, in recent games? Yeah, it's definitely a strange one. So we talked about it earlier, Kyle and I, and... Like, look, we get to the 41-game mark, and the Kings have a three-day weekend, which is weird. I'm not quite sure why they had a three-day weekend right then, uh, right at the midway point in the season. And I kind of feel like the way that the first half of the season went was very much focused on developing Keegan Murray. And and really, almost to, I don't want to say to the detriment of the other uh, of some of the other players, but... It was just a plan. Like, in order for this team to be great down the road, they're going to need Keegan Murray to continue to take these gigantic leaps. There will come a time when, you know, it's okay for Harrison Barnes to average 10 points a game and for Kevin Herter to take a step back. But that's not now. You know, that's that's years down the road, if if at all, for Herter. I mean, just depends on how long he's part of the, the starting five. But what I kind of the feeling I got from this first half was that the focus so much became on, you know, your two centerpieces, which are Fox and and Sabonis, but also like trying to get Keegan Murray to take these leaps. And by the the time we get halfway through the season, I think he did. He's he's taken a lot of huge steps. But at the same time, I kind of feel like Herder and Barnes quietly just sunk away. And since they weren't any focal point or they, they weren't part of like the grand scheme that is the Kings development offense, they just, again, became lesser and lesser of what they thought they were supposed to be doing. They thought that they were supposed to take a step back, that they were supposed to allow this thing to happen. But I think, you know, it's one thing to, to like sacrifice a little bit of yourself. It's a whole other thing to lose yourself. And, and I think that that's what they did. They both did. And, you know, Malik Monk, we can just throw him in here because Malik Monk doesn't care. He doesn't abide by any rules. He is the wild card. He is chaos when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. He's this, this, his, his own entity. And so that's why I feel like he wasn't affected by what was happening, but the other two guys were, and slowly Kevin Herter woke up and then out of nowhere, it's like, okay, we probably should unleash Harrison Barnes. And to go from two shots in one game to 20 in the next, and then 24 in the game after that, it just doesn't make any sense. But it does if you look at it happened exactly after the midway point in the season, where it's like, okay, like, look, we gave this to half, half the season of development time. Now it's time to go, like, put the pedal to the metal. Now it's time to go win, and we need you guys to be more of who you have been in the past and forget everything that we've been doing in the second in the first half. And now I think the hope is that you have Keegan Murray developed further. And then these other two can start playing to their ability. And next thing you know, 
the Kings start to magically look like they did last year with just a better player in Keegan Murray. So one of the things that we're trying to figure out here, James, is like, we, and I guess we'll never really know. Like you did a great job of breaking it down, but like, how does this even happen? Is it a conversation? Is it a one-on-one conversation? Is it the team? Is it a team players only meeting? Like, it feels like some type of air was cleared over that that time when they were off, and I, I, is it that simple, or is it literally just rest? Or did Harrison and Keegan and uh, Kevin Herter come up with these things on their own? I, I'm just still trying to figure out how we got to this point because it looks like a completely different team, completely different team. No, I, I totally get what you're saying, but I will tell you that if you go back and look at the front half of the season. So many of the plays that Kevin Herter was running, the DHOs off the top screen from uh, from Sabonis, so many of those went to Keegan Murray in the first half. And, and a lot of the plays that Keegan Murray, basically Harrison Barnes is playing the role of Keegan Murray. Mm. All Keegan Murray did last season, for the most part, is stand in the corner, right, and, and wait for the, the open, wide-open shot. Now, he built some confidence up as the season went on and started, you know, bringing his game out more towards the top of the key. And like we had some instances, but realistically, this is kind of who Keegan was last year is what Harrison has been doing. And I think Harrison just took the role too seriously. Like the, the role of being a good vet who has to sacrifice. And it just, you know, again, it it doesn't happen in one game or two games. It happens over the, the course of a month and sometimes two and then by the time we get to game 41, he had become such a shell of himself on the court on the offensive end that, you know, maybe maybe that three days they did have like a big conversation. But it's not something that we've talked that we've heard about. Like there is some some sort of, you know, whatever Malik Monk joked around after uh, the game last week that like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, it you know, we we practice three hours a day or something trying to get this right and i'm not quite sure if if there was like a full-fledged like coming to jesus moment with this team where they're like hey we're just not good enough right now but what i do know is that they've redistributed some of the opportunity and that's a good thing because harrison barnes is still a ball player and kevin herter can really help this team if if he's given the proper incentive and for me some players, a proper incentive is to is to give them more shots, is to give them more opportunity to do what they are best at, because then they start rewarding you by giving you some of the other things that you need from them. Um, you know, Kevin Herter over the last you know maybe two weeks, rebound numbers are up, assist numbers are up. He's blocking shots, he's getting steals. Like his engagement in the game has completely changed, and. I think part of it was Kevin got in his own head early in the season. But I think the other part is you just keep telling these guys like, look, you can't just be a three point shooter on this team. You have to do more. And I think it finally clicked with him. And then now we're starting to see a click with Harrison. I think it's, it's interesting that, you know, Harrison Barnes starts scoring and next thing, you know, he starts rebounding, <laughs> you know, we're looking at the player who was at like one, two, three rebounds a game for yeah. a good portion of the season. All of a sudden, he's got a four in there. He's got a six in there. You're like, okay, wait a sec. He is taking these strides forward. So 
I think it, it's a really interesting way that this season has played out, but I want to see what the end product is. What do you look like at, you know, what do you look like game 60? What do you look like at game 82? What do you look like in the playoffs? And I think all of this is building up to that. This team can't progress unless they get Keegan Murray to progress greatly. And again, the, the last two games, he's defensive player of the game that it just doesn't happen overnight. Right. That that's a lot of work that was put into that kid and a lot of work that he's done to get better. And that's part of the development of of a young player, especially a top four pick. James, are they literally like grooming Keegan Murray into the player that they want him to be on the defensive end? Like was this was this a big part of what he was in college? Was this a big part of why they drafted him? Or is this something that they started to see last year and thought you know, with the right work, we could turn this kid into the the defending, you know, three and D, for lack of a better term, wing that we have desperately wanted in this organization for a decade and some change. Yeah, you know what? Like, look, I think I had someone tell me last year that that both of the Murray twins they they looked at as very very young bodies, like they had they were late bloomers. And there was a lot of molding you could do with him physically. I don't think anyone thought like coming out of college, if you thought he was going to be a plus plus defender, I, I think you're, you're crazy. Like watching him in college, watching the role that he had. I, I told you guys when they drafted him, the two things that won't translate most likely are his shot blocking and his rebounding. He's not going to average eight and a half boards a game. He can average six or seven but he's not going to average eight and a half a game. And, and he's not going to be anywhere near 1.8 blocks per game. And what we saw in, in, during this offseason is that he worked on his body so much that in a lot of ways, he looks like a different player out there. He moves differently. He He's even made the point that, you know, he he personally believes that he's just a much better athlete. And I don't, I don't want to say that no one saw that coming, but it's very rare that a player just becomes a better athlete, but you can see it. You can see it on the court. It plays out. I mean, he's out there defending Luka Doncic, and sure, Luka dropped 73 the night before and probably, you know, has some tendonitis in his wrist and his elbow from shooting too much, but he still, like, he got in the way. He he defended him without fouling out. Uh, you know, he kept him at, I don't know what it was, 26 points, 28 mm -hmm. points. He took um, a lot of shots and, to get that, too. Yeah, and when a player scores 73 one night and barely clears 100 uh, combined between that night and the next night, I think he did a pretty good job. I mean, look at his shooting percentages. And and again, if Kyrie's not there, the only way they're going to beat you is for him to go crazy. So anyway, like, yeah, I, I think this is like how you set your franchise up. You spend a lot of time developing. I think spending time with De'Aaron Fox all summer, having him, you know, defend Fox is one of the most difficult things in the league. Um, but now you see how it translates. You see that he's able to defend a variety of defenders. When he came into the league, like he was more four than he was three, right? And now he can defend, defend ones and twos. And that's just not something that I think any of us thought he could do. Uh, certainly not me. Um, but now I, I look at him and go, okay, I don't know if you're going to be an all-league defender, but you certainly can be a plus defender. And you certainly can be a first or second best defender on a team which I think he already is, but it sure would help if they had like a true, just pure defender guy that would take some of the stress off of him. 
and the other guys, but like the progress is, is happening. We're seeing it. I mean, he's gone from 12 points a game as a rookie. I know everyone's so excited about his rookie season. He averaged 12 points a game. Like that's really not all that much. And then for him to take this leap to 16, I don't think he's done. I think he'll keep going. I think he'll be closer to 17 and a half or 18 by the end of the season. And we're seeing the the process of growing a young player while being on a winning team and trying to achieve two goals at one time, bringing a player along and having him fit into what you're doing as you're trying to be great. So, yeah, really interesting to see how how the progress is going so far. So um, this is something that we were trying to figure out and what we thought might be best for this team moving forward. The way Harrison's playing now, the way Kevin Herter's playing now, is this real? Is this something that Monty McNair can look at and say, no, we figure some things out, we've readjusted roles and all this other stuff, and this is how these guys are probably going to play moving forward, and we don't need to make a deal. Or, damn, Damien, just blinded me for a second, this guy. Whew, I, I'm just, I got distracted, I'm just trying to, do his radio show, and I got blinded by the, the guy's 1,400-carat uh, chain he's got over there. Okay. But uh, <laughs> now, now, you can check now, the replay. Now I got to You can run it back. Up. You can see people in the chat saw it, too. It just got crazy for a second. Nobody saw that. It's, I'm, run it back. Watch it. You'll see it. You'll see it. But uh, <laughs> is, is this a situation now where Monty McNair's like, well, maybe we just stand pat because we got these guys on the same page now, and we don't necessarily need to make – uh, a big game-changing deal. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be the the most difficult decision. Like I, I'll be honest, I was looking through different trade options today and seeing if there is a way you can get a deal done without including Harrison Barnes or Kevin Herter. Mm. And I didn't think I'd be doing that, uh, you know, like two weeks ago. But like things cha- uh, change quickly in the NBA, and like, look, Harrison Barnes is a valuable player. Like we've talked about this so many times that like my personal belief was that you made him the fifth option uh, of the starters and realistically the sixth option because you have Malik Monk coming off the bench and getting so many opportunities. And, you know, Harrison Barnes still has a lot to give. You can see the, you know, the shooting numbers hadn't changed at all. He's still shooting 48% from the field, shooting 41% from three. He just wasn't getting the opportunity. And I, I guess... You could say the more that you shoot, sometimes your percentages come down. But I'd also say that sometimes you need more shots just to get in rhythm. And I, I think it's interesting the way that this has worked out. But you kind of you kind of have to let this thing grow organically and see how it all like we have. This is not the same team. The same seven or eight players are playing, but it's just not the same team. And that's okay because that's that's the NBA. Very rarely do you come back from an offseason, even if you have the same group, and see the exact same thing the next season. And this is just like the twists and turns that we've seen this season take. And like, look, I think it makes it really difficult for for Monty because once again, he didn't pull off the big trade two weeks ago. And now you're looking at a team that might find a rhythm. You know what happens if this team rattles off six, seven in a row? And you don't want to mess with that, right? Yeah. Or do you? I mean, this should always be about the long term. And that's why I think giving a longer leash to Keegan Murray early in the season, it's about it's not about today. 
It's about today and tomorrow and the next day. And that's how you have to think when you're, when you're a GM or when you're a head coach. And that's how you have to think when you're building a program, not just trying to put a team on the court that can win right now without any questions. You, you know, real quick, I think, I think maybe I'm prisoner of the moment or whatever. I don't think I'm making a move now because I don't know <laughs> if there's a guy out there worth it. I'll put it to you like this. If Kuzma's on the table, yes, I make a move for Kuzma. Um, I'm still I'm I'm a little more bullish on Levine than others. I just got to see what it looks like a little bit. Nah, I don't think that's realistic. Mm. I got I I'd have, well I'd have to see what the but outside of those two like I I don't know if there's a deal out there that makes me say hey break this whole thing up or whatever. So because of that, I think I just kind of stand pat because they're also not awful as is. They're inconsistent or at least they have been this year. But even with that inconsistency, it finds them eight games over five and fifth in the West. Yeah, it's confusing because three games ago, they were five game 500 and seventh seed and everybody was really concerned. Mm -hmm. And then four games before that, they were nine games over 500 and everyone was celebrating because it looked like they're right back on their path. Like, look, I don't think we should like be a prisoner of the moment with this team. Like, I, I think if anything... This season has shown you that this team is consistently inconsistent and you need to figure out why that is. And sometimes that means you need to change pieces. And I don't mean all the pieces, but I certainly, this has always been about building something for the future for, you know, a sustained playoff run, six to eight year playoff run. You don't change your mind because three games into a, you know, the first 44 that the last three games, all of a sudden, you started playing really well. You got to remember the same team that lost four in a row just a, a week ago, and so until they prove that that's not who they are, and this is who they are, and they show you that prolonged like stretch where you know they don't have to win every game, but they need to show you that you know they can win on this road trip. They can go five and two, or you know six and one. Uh, that they can you know fight through some tough opponents that you didn't think they could. But I'm not ready to change like the long-term prognosis of this team because they have a three-game win streak in, in January. Yeah, it's that don't get too high, don't get too low on this team. But I think one thing that we could watch over the course, and really it's a week from Thursday, right? The trade deadline's but, a week yeah, from Thursday. That's why I kind of chuckle because I don't think you're wrong, but you've got a decision to make. Well, what I mean is – no, yeah, you 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 do have it. Out. Yeah, you do, but I think you can base it on what what we're seeing right now because we, you know, uh, uh, James Casey brought this question to you a minute ago. Something we were talking about earlier is if you're Monty McNair and you're this front office and you're watching what's happening on the floor right now, particularly with Harrison Barnes, and you see the run that Kyle Kuzma, uh, that um, Kevin Herter is on. No one, they'll they'll probably. Uh, be a little bit more up and down for for Kyle Kuzma. For, oh my God, for Kevin Herter during the season. If you can ask your, if you can answer the question like, why is this happening? Why is this happening right now? And you can point to a discussion, a conversation, a practice, a meeting, a moment, and go, well, everything clicked for us in this moment during that stretch where we played one game in seven days. If you're Monty McNair and you're watching these games wondering, why is this happening now? 
then it's probably then you're probably not buying it. You're probably not buying what you're seeing from Harrison Barnes or the the starters collectively. But if you can point to a specific moment, and I'm with you in that, I believe that they can. Be it a grand moment or just a quiet conversation before or after practice, during practice, where everything seemed to click, that I think could go a long way in determining what the Sacramento Kings do over the next nine days, ten days, whatever it is. Well, I would say, too, I mean, that well, would have Kevin made a Herter lot more a... sense if I hadn't said Kyle Kuzma three times when I was trying to say <laughs> yeah. Kevin Herter. Sorry, James. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, like I think the problem that you have is that players will will tell you who they are, right? You just have to watch. You just have to wait for it. You have to you have to keep a your memory in the right spot, right? You can't just get all in and excited when you see something that's great because what you have to know is that eventually you could get right back to the point where you were before. Like there is usually a regression to the mean. There's also a way that a player who has averaged 15 points a game a bunch of years in a row and who's averaging 10.6 will eventually get back to 15 points a game because unless he just went and got old out of nowhere or got put in a completely different situation than he's used to, that's probably who he is. He is that player until until his body says he's not that player anymore, right? And so with why I say that is, you know, it doesn't matter – I, I like how crass is him, but it doesn't matter that Harrison Barnes just rattled off like, you know, 95 points or whatever it was, 93 points over a handful of games. It, it doesn't really, because you still know who he is. You still have an idea of his limitations. You still know that he's not long enough and athletic enough to defend both the three and the four at this, at the level that you need him to. So he can still be part of your program, but you still need that player. And and I would say the same thing about Kevin Herter. It doesn't matter how big of a hot streak Kevin Herter gets on. You have to remember the down the downswings that Kevin Herter goes through. And you know, we talk about you want to see this team become more consistent. Well, just one player like in particular has to become more consistent in, in Kevin Herter. Like we saw what happened for the six-week stretch last season. Same with Malik Monk, not just singling out Kevin Herter here because Malik Monk had the same exact thing last year. Uh, but then we saw what Kevin Herter looked like in the playoffs. We saw what Kevin Herter looked like in the first, say, 35 games of the season. Like three games or five games or eight games of Kevin Herter playing like he did for some little stretch that he did last season, it shouldn't really change your your mind. Mm-hmm. Unless he's able to do it for like two years, I now have a track record record of him having a downswing and knowing what that downswing looks like and knowing that there's really very few things that you can do to get him out of that downswing. And so like, that's, that's a problem. You know, you can't forget what happened in the playoffs and then go back and look at his previous three playoff series and go, Oh, okay. That's a trend. That's not something that happened. Mm -hmm. And so like, again, it's, it's tough, but, like at a certain point, if you're going to be a team that continues to take strides forward, you have to be honest about what your team is and who your players are. And you need to make sure that, you know, you're you're not all in on De'Aaron Fox averaging 31 points a game. You can be all in on him averaging 27 or 25. 25, he's done a bunch a couple of times now. He's shown you that he can be that player. Where, you know, I think that's the beauty of Demonis Sabonis. You know exactly what you're getting each and every night. 
Like there's a big Sharpie pen that you get to pencil in for what you're, that you get to pen in, you know, you can even tattoo it in on what you're going to get from your center position. But all of these other Empty players still have their variables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, to me, like the empty calorie thing, I, I, you know what, like at what point, because I know who said that, like at what point does it, your star player who, who scored what, 33 points, or whatever, dribble the ball out of bounds to end the game or dribble the gave the ball away to end the game. At what point do you say that? Like, it doesn't matter how much Steph Curry averages. He's, he's a good player on a bad team or a great player on a bad team. Cause uh, to be honest with you, that's what he is at this point. Now I'm not saying that Steph Curry's empty calories. I just don't believe that a guy who's an all NBA player, a guy who took a team to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years is an empty calorie player. What to was me, the new one? He's Troy Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. I called him Troy Murphy. Yeah. That's it. It's just so disrespectful. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it's so disrespectful because you, you have a team that, that has an empty calorie player hmm. and you know, you could say whatever, like Steph Curry's one of the greatest players of all time, but man, Andrew Wiggins, all but like a two month period of his entire career has been an empty calorie guy. He has. So like, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's tough. I, I just, I wish people wouldn't use terms like that that are so disrespectful, especially for a player who not only puts in the work, but has shown a level of consistency that is incredible. He finished seventh in MVP balloting last year. And if it was like, if you look at the NBA ladder right now, he's seventh in their ranking for MVP. Like this is an exceptional player who, Post a double double every single night and a triple double every second or third night. Like, just don't be disrespectful. Uh, that's what I, I don't get. I mean, you're you're talking about a really really good player on a really good team, and uh, to me that is just a joke. We got James all fired up. I like it. <laughs> pissed off, James Ham. We'll talk. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Kings fans are going to be pissed off if the Kings lose tonight. That injury report for the Memphis Grizzlies and why is wild. James is going to give us a breakdown on who exactly the Kings are playing tonight when Dilo and Casey return here. I'm being facetious. He's very not. We have no idea who they're playing tonight. <laughs> playing some sort of G League team, I think. It's Dilo and Casey brought to you by Sky River Casino, where we will be on Friday yes. live. Live show, watch party, all the details coming up here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Y'all can keep fighting if you want to. No, no fights. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, I'm just right. defending the honor of Kyle Kuzma. Well, um, <laughs> no, I mean it's part of the any any equation when you're going out and trading for players. You have to look at like you have to look at age, you have to contract, you have to look at potential fit. You also have to look at personality and how they might fit or how they might not. Whether a player would be happy in your city, whether he wouldn't. You know, these are all things that come into a larger puzzle that you have to figure out. And I don't think, you know, that's kind of what we're debating. Like some of these players, you know, Kuzma decided to go sign a four year deal, go back to Washington. And maybe that's where he wants to play for the next four years. And Jeremy Grant, like he has ties in Portland and mm -hmm. that's why he isn't saying, Hey, go ahead and get me out of here right now. Uh, so it, it's all complex. Like it's, it's not just as cut and dry as hopping on the trade machine. Very true. Uh, we're going to be live out at Sky River Casino this Friday. If you want to come through, the show will be live from 12 to 4. Then we're going to hang around because there's a game at 4.30. Uh, the Sacramento 
Tyrese might be back. It looks like Tyrese and 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 uh, Pascal Siakam could be on the other end of the floor for the first time uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Of course, it didn't matter the last time they lost, anyways. Uh, so they're due for some revenge uh, this time in Indiana. Team. It was a different just Kings a different, team. Just, just a different Kings. Same team. exact guys. Yeah, just a different team. Different it was team. Only a week ago, too. A very a week and a half ago. <laughs> it ten was, days ago. You could <laughs> totally different, different team. team. You could make an argument that was the game that put us in the position we are in now because that was the game that Keegan Murray had twenty seven, Demontis Sabonis had twenty one, Kevin Herter had thirty one, De'Aaron Fox had twenty four, and Harrison had two. Mm-hmm. He had two, one, and one. He was one of two, and since then. He scored 90-some-odd points in the last three games. 6-6 six, six, out of North Carolina. 6-6. <laughs> six, six. What is he, 6-8 six, or something, man? Yeah. 6-8. Six, eight. Just <laughs> kind of half smiling to the, to, to, you know, giving. Guys are talking now, doing post game, talking to Sean Cunningham, talking <laughs> to the reporters. Just everything is fine. Everything is awesome. Of course, vibes could die quick tonight against whatever these Memphis Grizzlies are 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 marching out there. But but James, I pointed this out um, earlier when we were talking about this, and it does seem I, I was the first one to say it here before every well, not in the world, but just on the show. Like I, I said it first that this looks like a completely different team, right? So I I said that, but could make the argument aside from two or three games a game here or there they've been playing good basketball for almost like three weeks now mm. and philly and indiana were yeah philly and indiana are the ones that stick out but and and then you lost against milwaukee you lost against phoenix but i thought you played good basketball mm-hmm. so is, is all of this kind of been overblown in your eyes have they been trending up for a while but maybe didn't have the wins to go with it but now they've got the wins and it just feels a little different i don't know if a while is the right answer uh because let's be honest like philly played without Embiid, and you know indiana played without tyrese halliburton and they had like eight other players that were like part of a trade and couldn't play so like those are very unserious losses you know, where, where you're just looking around like, how how could you let that happen? Like, Philly, sure. Philly's still a good team, but, mm-hmm. like, is really Tobias Harris that good of a player? I mean, throughout his career, he's been a solid NBA player, but he's not an all-star. And you let him go out there and look, you know, like Paul George on steroids. So, okay. I, I don't know. Um, it, it's tough because... I look at those losses, the three losses in a row outside of the the Milwaukee, I mean the uh, the Philly loss, and to me those were really important losses. They were losses in which you were trying to figure out again how to win games and win games in a serious fashion, not win games by by fifteen or twenty. Uh, and you know you can look at the league this year. The league is weird. Like the, whatever is happening in the league, I'm not sure. But like every single night, there are five or six teams that are scoring 130 points. Yeah, and that's just you know you look at the offensive ratings, and again, the Kings would be like last year's you know offensive rating would be like seventh in the league right now, and of course it was the record-setting offensive rating. But then you look at the defensive ratings, and the defensive ratings across the board are just horrific. 
there's like a couple of teams playing defense in the league. And even the team that has played defense, Minnesota, they just got called out for losing to Charlotte by their head coach because they were unserious and just sat there and tricked off a game where one of their players scored 60 something was hunting, hunting shots. Mm -hmm. So like, I just think the league is weird and odd. And what you have to do is when the, the league is wonky and crazy like this, you need to find a way to be like steady and just keep climbing and ignore everything else that's happening. And I'm hoping that that's where the Kings are right now. But to be honest with you, I, I have no idea. Like any game could be a step back game. You talked about what they're going to face tonight. Like they have no idea. Like outside of Jaron Jackson Jr., which I think you can take him away or you can just dare him to try to beat you from the three point line. The rest of this team is just odd. I mean, they, they started like a power forward at, at point guard last game and, and a small forward at shooting guard. And then both of those players are either questionable or doubtful for tonight. Mm -hmm. So like there is no rhyme or reason. This team is a mess as far as uh, Memphis. You have no idea, but the, the fact is if the Kings go in and just play Kings basketball and forget about everything else that you're seeing on the other side of the court, just be who you are. You should beat this team by 50. This isn't an NBA team right now. Mm -hmm. Like, not to be disrespectful to some of these guys, but like they're either signed off the street or, uh, you know, they're two way players or, or something else. And like, they might have two rotational NBA players that play tonight. That's a team you have to just like, you have to dominate them so badly that it doesn't even matter that the game's over in the third quarter in the first two or three minutes of the third quarter where you say, Nope, we're not going to let you make any run and it's over. Mm -hmm. But who shows up and who doesn't? That's the question with this Kings team. And, you know, if you don't, this team can bite you. They barely lost last night by six points in Indiana. But third game, four nights, back to second night of a back-to-back, -back, half of their players are out. Actually, it's more. It's 10 players are out. They had to sign a guy off the street this afternoon just to get to eight. That's crazy. That is. Am I bugging him? The Kings last now four opponents been on the second night of a back-to-back? Maybe maybe Atlanta wasn't. Golden State was. Yeah. Dallas was. Yeah. And now Memphis is. Atlanta was. I thought. Were they? I can't remember where they played. Did they play? In Probably would have been Golden State, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't know. But no, they played in Golden. That was that was Golden State's back to back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Maybe right. they weren't on a back to back. Um. Well. It's it's I don't know that that doesn't mean anything. That's just an interesting scheduling quirk. I gotta find a way to make that a negative for the Kings to say the NBA hates them. Give me a <laughs> second. Work on it. No, it's fine. Give me a you, second. You, you can work on find it. Find a way. You got time. Hey, Memphis is they're eighteen and twenty six. They're way better than I thought they would be at this point. With yeah, the, well, they got some of those their, wins with Ja. Yeah, like they went on a they, they went like four. They look five like or six games. Yeah, they look like a legit basketball yeah. team when Ja Morant returned. Um, and then all and the then, wheels fell off. Yeah, and then it just it just one, got bad. One of their losses with Ja was to the Kings. Kings beat them down in Memphis on New mm -hmm. Year's Eve. Yeah, so they need to do more of the same here tonight. Uh, back to New Year's Eve. That was uh that was a Malik Monk game. Uh, De'Aaron Fox had twenty four in that one. You think? I I speculated whether De'Aaron maybe lost his what was already kind of a sketchy all-star nod um, over that like tough stretch, but he's back to playing. I have no idea when the coaches make these selections, but 
I do know they will they will be announced on Thursday. Do you think one king gets named, two kings get named, zero kings get named? What do you think happens on Thursday when the All-Star Reserves are announced? I think at least one, but I also think there's possibility for both. So, like the I think the balloting didn't have to be in until today, uh either today or yesterday uh, for these players. May it, so like I think that there's a possibility that they get both because if if I'm looking at the top teams in the West, right? I could make the case that the Kings big two is as good or better than most of the other teams, big twos. Like I, there's no one you're going to put in the all-star game along with, um, along with Jokic. Right. And Anthony Edwards deserves to make the all-star team, but cat statistically really take him up against not only Sabonis, but Anthony Davis and like a bunch of other players. And, and I don't think he's there statistically. Uh, we get to Anthony Davis. LeBron James is already in the all-star game. Anthony Davis is on a on a losing team or, or a team that's not very good right now mm. at the bottom of the Western Conference. So my point is that, like again, Kyrie and Luka, you can't give it to Kyrie because Kyrie has missed so many games. It's ridiculous. Uh, Steph Curry's going to get in, but... You know, like how many of these other players are just going to get like a free pass? I think Kawhi Leonard gets in, um, but does Kawhi Leonard and Paul George get in? So I think that the Kings tandem is really strong. If you're really looking at like you got a guy who's averaging 27 and a half a game and on paper that should get him either in the all-star game or really close to it. And you could say, oh, well, Devin Booker didn't get in last year and he, you should make up for it this year. Well, they already have the representation in KD. And the Kings are above Phoenix in the standings, although it's slightly above. And I think raw stats wise, Fox and, and Booker are very similar. So like I could make the case for both of them getting in. I think if, if I think one of them is going to get in and the other one's not, I was kind of weird because um, like, I would not have thought this before, but I, I think Fox gets in because I think the, the voters, you know, they understand that they didn't vote him in last year. And he was an injury replacement and probably deserved to be there. Um, but I also know that Sabonis was a third-team All-NBA player and Fox was a third-team All-NBA player. And they haven't gotten worse, they've gotten better. And their team is the exact same as it was last year. Like, the where they're at in the standings, exactly the same. And after tonight, there's a good chance they'll be one game ahead where they were last year. So I, I think that there is a possibility they both get in. Uh, Sky River Casino, Friday, February 2nd, live show, uh, followed by a watch party. I bring that up because on that show, we will have a discussion of some sort because the All-Star Reserves are announced February 1st. So Indeed. We'll, we'll, yes, indeed. we'll figure it out at that point. We'll either be celebrating two or one or complaining about none or one and i think that you know people talk about book missing last year's darren was an add-on last year and it's 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 perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with that except for the fact he shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. with all due respect to jaron jackson jr jaron jackson jr should have been the add-on and i felt like that was the coaches we've got to account for defense yeah okay Explain what we're seeing in the league this year if you guys are trying to. Well, we've got to reward defense somewhere because none of you hoes are playing it. Well, you know, well, well, that goes to what James just said. Hell, Adrian Griffin got fired at 30-13 and 13 because his team said he wasn't playing defense enough. Yeah. 
but that mm-hmm. but that that may go to what James was just talking about possibly where they may look at somebody like Rudy Gobert and put him on there ahead of Sabonis. Should they? Absolutely not. But just saying. There's just no buzz. Yeah. Uh, like it, I didn't think there was buzz for Jaron Jackson. No, there Who wasn't. wanted to see him in the That was an RKO out of nowhere. Nobody asked for that. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Um, not, though. I mean, Sabonis clearly should be on there ahead of Rudy Gobert, but you know, it's, it's, well, sometimes the, what, these guys see the game different. Man. He should be on there above Anthony Davis, but that's yeah. that's what we're like. They gonna keep Anthony Davis out of the All Star game? Probably not. Uh, they probably should. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the record. Look at where they are in the standings, and again, you have representation. Like LeBron's there. Why do you need to add another player? Oh. Hey, look, and the elephant in the room, we talked about it a little bit. I'm not advocating for it, but the elephant in the room, Steph Curry shouldn't make the all-star team. Now he will, and he's Steph Curry. The reason why he's making it is because he's Steph Curry. He's not having a better season than De'Aaron Fox. I don't think he is either. But I think he would make it over 19 and 24. Well, well, yeah, you're probably right. I don't think he's having a better season than Ant-Man. I don't think he's having a better season. Ant-Man's going to make it. Than uh, Booker. That's Booker. That's, why I don't I don't care about Booker. That's that's the one where you're always just gonna hang me up. But he'll make it any Steph Curry, so I have no problem with it. But and Steph did have 46 the other night. Goodness gracious! Well, Booker had 63. I know they both lost. <laughs> yeah. But that's not even what I went to look at. I was like, what did Anthony Davis do in that game? He had 29. Mm. Torian Prince had zero. They played almost two games. Zero. <laughs> well, he only played 24 minutes in those games, and Jared Vanderbilt very famously played in that one as he was the ire of uh, Draymond Green's antics, who, say it again, Draymond ain't going to make it. Draymond beat the hell out of Anthony Davis. It was like, oh, ain't nothing to look at. <laughs> Draymond getting suspended Smacked again. the hell out of this dude. So Draymond's new thing is, I don't know if you've caught this because he did it to Malik, his new thing is to foul you hella hard and then pat your ass. That's his new mm. thing. That's the way, that's what he does to, hey, I'm cool. I'm a cool. <laughs> I just punched Anthony Davis, the guy who I share an agent with in the freaking face, but I'm going to pat him on the ass and everything's going to be fine. He did the same thing to Malik Monk. Yeah, he's been, he's like, a, like this, like a, he's serially doing it. Yep. That's his thing. Yeah, that's, that's what call. he's doing. That's a good call. That is. That's what call. he's doing. That's, that's his, I think they taught that in anger management. That's what it is. Hey. <laughs> Punch, punch the him. anger management ass pat. Yep. That's, the anger management ass pat. That's what it is. That's a good observation that's right. there. Yeah. 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 That's what he's doing. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Now, I don't know. Even the even Doris Burke was like, that's a flagrant foul. <laughs> it's clear as day. You a, can't hit a player in the face. Just beat the hell out of him. That's practice. It's hilarious. You see him. He'll go and he'll swing, like just clothesline you in the face. And then he'll pat you on your ass like, oh, my bad, bro. And it's just, we're good. No, he doesn't even say my bad. I'll just, you know. <laughs> Tough foul. Tough foul. The funny thing about that is he had the nerve, the audacity to mock uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Who's <laughs> was like, hey, you need to look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, go look at that like I did anything to him. Bro, you beat the crap out of him. <laughs> I, I I cannot stand that human being. He is the absolute worst. He is an he's, – he's an <laughs> – the, the Golden State Warriors should be embarrassed. Like, he's an embarrassment to that basketball team. You got Steph Curry trying to drag your sorry carcass to a respectable season, and you got that jackass out there. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. James, who the hell are these guys on the Memphis Grizzlies? Man, I don't know. I don't know at all. Like, we, we went through the list today, and Kyle and I, and it's like they have two of their top, like, 12 guys in minutes played. So, uh, so John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, uh, Zaire Williamson, John Conkar, Derek Rose, Jalen Noel is no longer there. Um, Jake LaRavia, all those guys are, are out. Bismack Biombo was waived. Uh, I think Kenny Lofton Jr. was waived at some point. So we're going to get to see uh, Vince Williams Jr. The league just submitted a – Grizzlies just submitted a record. We changed our mind about Bismack Biombo. Can you send him back to Memphis for a night? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Santi Aldama will play. Oh, okay. Uh, Xavier yeah. Tillman. Oh, uh, yeah. Xavier Tillman. Yeah, yeah he'll play. Uh, Jalen Noel is on the Stockton Kings, so he won't be there. Uh, Jacob Gilliard uh, will play. Uh, Scotty okay. Pippen Jr. will play. Oh, Greg Jackson the second. Scotty Scotty uh, Pippen Jr. Scotty Pippen Jr. has played three games this year, just for those. Curious. Yeah, but go ahead. Well, that and, and Greg Jackson, uh, the second um, Gregory Jackson, the second, um, not to be confused with Greg Jackson Senior, mm. which who knows who that is. That's why. But I'm glad uh, you, I didn't. You know, I wasn't sure at first. Thank you. Yeah, like I mean, none of these players have played, so I mean, there is a little bit of a danger. Did and, you see? Did you um, say Gregory Jackson Jr.? He's not even on their ESPN roster. Yeah, Gre- Gregory Jackson the second. <laughs> yeah, he's not on their roster. He's not on their well, ESPN I, I, roster. I believe he played last night, um, but well, they again, may, they just haven't taken the time to add him to this. What, what's the What's the team? The G League team, the Sixty Sixers, or the Spirit of Sixty Six, or something? Or the Memphis Blues, or the Memphis Hustle. No, it's awesome. Awesome. Memphis it Hustle. Is. Yeah, that's that's who the Kings are going on going against tonight. No disrespect, it just is what it is. They all play for the hustle. It, so is, they better figure out a way. Is Shaquille Harrison playing tonight? Who is Shaquille? No, Harrison? I don't think Shaquille. Who Shaquille Harrison? Are you kidding Shaq me? Harrison? No. He's, no. Shaq Harrison. I know Shaq. One Thompson. of the Harrison brothers. Shaq Harrison has played three games this year, sir. He's averaged two minutes I, in those three games. I just bad. think it's crazy that, game. you know, last night they had John Conkar and David Roddy as their starting backcourt, and one of those guys, <laughs> again, is, is made a up. None of these and... names are on ESPN's page, none of them. There's John Conkar. Yeah. There he is. All right. We found one. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Like, again, they, they had to pick up a guy, and they had to pick up a guy. I don't even know what, who this guy is at all um, just to get to eight tonight mm. so yeah guys don't lose Jared Jackson game, Jr.'s please. play yeah man y'all gotta handle business here tonight yeah, and just preferably I know how you guys are sometimes don't let this be particularly close either no. just no just handle business please do that handle business Harrison go for 40 well you know that's uh, a given and then and then you know maybe maybe we can get some you know Keon Ellis minutes or Colby Jones or something and Kessler, get back in there. Yeah, I don't care. Just don't, don't, don't mm. do the thing that you do. Six, please, not. from North Carolina. Don't do the things. That well you said, do. um, Harrison Barnes over under at twelve points today. Is he going over or under today? Over. Oh, he's over. going over. Oh. He's going over. James, wow, I would have never said that fourteen days ago. Over, I believe. Wow, we're all taking the over. Harrison's N- back. No player in the starting lineup scored under fifteen on Saturday. 
Harrison's back. Mm. He's back. Back to what? If he scores, back let's say life. Serious question: If he scores like fifteen to twenty again today, or like you know, a decent amount today, like are you guys, like are you guys, like thinking like they got him back? Like um, I don't know, <laughs> Jesse. I have no clue. I'm just trying to produce. We got. I have a minute no left. idea. I have no idea what we do <laughs> with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what we do if Harrison Barnes scores twenty again. <laughs> I like. I, I don't even know what to I say tomorrow if they win this game. He's back to civilization. All right. He was he was uh he was at Burning Man for half the year. Are you taking the over? Uh, I'm feeling kind of unders. I don't it's know. You can't game? trust this guy. I'm gonna go under today. It's a trap, Harrison. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. It's a tra- you're going, going under over. twelve. Under twelve. Well, he's calling the trap. So we got to put it wrong, Harrison. We got to put it at twelve and a half. So you're going under half. twelve and a half. Okay. I'm going over. I'm All calling right. it a trend. Okay. You got Not this. Word, word, word. Going over to one zero two five. If you want to come join us, we've got a lot going on over there, including tickets to see Justin Timberlake and Bruce Bruce, and then we'll be back tomorrow. Oh man, it's either going to be a seismic meltdown, or we'll be talking about the Kings' four straight victory. Make sure you're tapped in beginning at ten a.m. with the insiders. By the way, the Kings are going to the. I mean, the Forty Nine ers are going to the Super Bowl. Really? Yes. I'll have to run that first segment of this show back just to be sure. Here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos Kings like the beam. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 